All right, and we are live with show number 107 of the Two Wheels to Freedom show. I guess I said show twice there. That wasn't a very good intro. Uh, (laughs) With Brett Smith. Uh, If you guys don't recognize that name, you're going to recognize We Went Fast on Instagram, which I didn't even realize until I had the conversation with Brett that he had podcasts and stuff and exactly how in depth that went. I was just like, cool Instagram, bro. So, uh, after we had a conversation, I went and checked out some of his podcasts and he basically told me he was a storyteller. And then I went and checked out and that's exactly how I would have described him too. Uh, I got into his eighth episode, which is about guys that went won a premier class which basically at the time was 250 two stroke supercross and that's it they only won one um so that was a really interesting being 40 i remember pretty much all those guys and them winning uh and he gave us a little backstory so as always the podcast is brought to you by stroker industries stroker makes the trigger Uh, And basically, you don't have to undo your vent on your gas can, any of that. You can just flip it over, push the button, and you're good to go. Um, That's strokerindustries.com. Also, Boyson. Everybody knows Boyson and Moto, especially if you're a two-stroke guy. Uh, One of the very first aftermarket product uh, people. So they invented the reed valve. Check them out, boyson.com. And also canvas mx brand yourself you can actually get your whatever you want put on your jersey you could get a we went fast jersey brett i should make some i don't have one well there you go you need to get that set up i'll probably end up making uh coronavirus masks before i make jerseys though he has them as well i saw that today yeah (laughs) i should get myself one because our governor just said that we have to have a mask if we go out to post office, grocery store, gas station. When did they do that? It's starting on Saturday. This this Saturday. So today's um, April fifteenth. So Wednesday, this Saturday, we'll we'll have to have a mask. Not Welcome. when we leave the house, but when we go into buildings. Welcome to Bain. Right, we've already been there in New Jersey for like really a couple wow. at least since probably over last weekend. I think they imposed it. Yeah, we're my wife and I have talked about like making masks. Um, we have the We Went Fast shop rag, which is available at wewentfast.com, and I might just end up making masks out of these. There you go. Perfect. Uh, yeah, the... Man, what a weird time we're in right now, huh? No Supercross. What are you doing? What are you reporting on right now? I guess that what we're all doing, going this back is, into the this past. Is normal. <laughs> this is normal for me anyway. I don't cover racing, which is the beauty of you know, this time for me. So everyone's like kind of looking at what I do and going, hmm, I guess I got to get on that too. But it's, it's normal business for me. It's just that, yeah, it's sales on the website have slowed down. I'm a researcher for the X game. So we're watching for what's going to happen mid July. Is that, you know, going to get canceled or pushed back? We just, we just don't know. And I know everyone's wanting to have the conversation of what's going to happen to racing and when will they start? And there's just, there's just much bigger things to think about right now. You know, they haven't figured out how to get, major league baseball up and running and the NBA up and running. And it's, I feel for the guys, you know, down in Tampa and in Morgantown who literally have to go in and redo their playbook every single day. You know, they have a lot of 
a lot of stuff to plan for all those races and different promoters and the sponsors and the fans and the riders and the team personnel and you have to connect with all them people and that's yeah it's a strange time we live in so my life is pretty simple compared to what they're dealing with i've been saying because uh, i did booked freestyle shows for 16 years and now i don't um i do comedy but it's not like all of my income was from comedy at this point so i'm like man i'm glad that i'm not just full blown events at the moment you know because down payments all that stuff like now you're trying to figure out you know do i make you give me the you know the whatever retainer the contract says i mean you can't i wouldn't imagine because you got to understand that all of us are kind of just on the shit end of the stick right right so right now i'm just looking through my you know list of projects that i'm in the middle of and i have i have a list of 30 different projects that are in different stages and my biggest challenge at the moment is i got two kids who are not in school and it's just been we always work at home so being at home is normal for me and my wife but not being able to to focus you know just with the the news every day coming in and being worried about that and having kids running around the house who are screaming and hollering they're three and six so like it's it's chaos here wide open yeah it's wide open it's hard to you know find that that time to sit and focus on projects i know that um when i'm trying to edit or anything you know of that nature when somebody sits down and talks to me i'm like i need too much focus to you know what I mean? To have somebody talking in my ear and get done what I'm trying to do. Right. But I got the Fresno Smooth story done and, and sent off. I'm not sure exactly what issue that will go in, but, but that was nice in this, this pandemic situation because that had been on my plate for, for at least 15 to 18 months. Davey asked me to do it and I just kept putting it off, putting it off. I think when I first saw the movie, Cause he's like, I, I would like to do a story on, on Fresno smooth and you know, the fallout of that and what happened with that movie. And I, I said, I've heard of the movie. I don't think I've seen it. And then I realized why I hadn't seen it, you know, because of the, the, you know, Fox yeah. setting it aside and the rights getting transferred and the company going under that, that took over the rights to the movie. It just never really got released, which, you know, you can read the article <laughs> to find out the whole backstory on that. But I watched it while I was putting my, my daughter to bed one night. I'm like, this is not the kind of movie I should be watching while I'm holding a child in my arms. <laughs> I, I, have I, like, had... I don't think I want anything to do with this movie. So I just let it sit. And then, you know, now we're in this quarantine situation. And I'm like, I kind of have time. I should just get that thing done. And I dug into it. And it was a lot of fun. And thanks to your podcast, show number 26, I got a lot of the great backstory out of Adam um, before I was able to do my own interview with him. So thank you for that. Yeah, Adam's rad. And I've known him for a while, uh, but I don't think, I think I'm going to learn still. I've never sat down and been like, what exactly happened with Fresno? You know, I just know my experiences. It popped up, it disappeared. It became like crazy. Somehow I got this bootleg copy through my roommate at the time. And then I'm like what this movie is ridiculous and it yeah. had like big name people at the time which blew my mind even more you know and now it's become its own thing you know it's it's so bad it's good it's it's a cult classic that people wanted to see for the simple fact that they couldn't see it and um 
I didn't quite get it at first, but once I dove in, you know, and talking to the, the Fox brothers and some of the people involved in the movie, like Emig and Seth and Adam and Troy, uh, it really all started to make sense. And it became a really fun story and way longer than what uh, Racer X would probably normally print. But I'm betting on the fact that since they're not going to have any racing to put in the magazine in the next couple months, that what? maybe they'll be able to run the whole thing. And, uh, you make a cameo in the story. You have a couple of, a couple of sentences devoted to you. Oh, yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. I, I love the anecdote of you getting the shift catalog and trying to order the <laughs> yeah. film and you popping the VHS tape into your player and going, I don't know what this is and hitting the eject button. Yeah. The first whatever stuff. minute I'm like, uh, this can't yeah. be the right movie that I'm yeah. supposed to have here. So imagine the executives in Fox Racing headquarters watching that scene and going, okay, yeah, all right, this is what they've been working on for 18 <laughs> months. I, I don't know about this. I know. Especially as conservative as Moto is. Yeah. Even yeah. now. Think and about... They were, told, they were told to be edgy. Like, it was known. Like, and, and most of the people um, that were in that boardroom watching the movie... They were in the movie. They had little cameos. So it's like they got a taste of the uh, filmmaking process. But then once they saw what the madman, the mad genius came up with, I, I've actually, um, and this is not really secret. We've said it on here before. I've been talking to Adam and working on Baco a little bit. Yep, yep. And um, he's just... He kept trying to push it further. I've been just helping with dialogue, basically. And uh, just he gave me the log line to the movie, and he's like, "Yeah, if you could mention it in the article, that'd be great." And it gets a mention at the at the very end. So. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've been basically. He knows that I do comedy, so then we got we started going back and forth, and then he's like, "Yo, I I want you to look at this." So he sent me the script, and then I started trying to fix the vernacular of some of the characters because they're like dirt bike characters so i'm like he wouldn't say that he would say this and doing comedy i'm just trying to make every line out of somebody's mouth like answer the question but be ridiculous at the same time or some kind of like just back and forth so he liked what i did on a couple of characters and and he just is always pushing the envelope and i'm going Eh, I don't know. And I was very skeptical about some of the stuff because he's like trying to go so far with it. And then I watched the reaction to that and heard everybody talk about it. And it clicked. I'm like, oh, I get why you need to be so ridiculous. You really do need to be like all the way out there so that it it's a memory. You know, it's going to stay with people. Think about the you know, terribly good or terribly bad movies that everybody knows of. Sharknado. You don't know what Sharknado is? I know what it is, but I just didn't, I didn't watch it. Me neither, but I know the name. I think I've seen like a half of one. It's tornadoes that pick up sharks over the ocean and then dump them on land or something. Exactly. It's got iron. You've got to be like, you've got to (laughs) be obviously over the top. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh yeah he's got some some plans he's i love working with him he's got a good just he comes up with angles that you don't ever see or i don't at least and i you know i appreciate it 
Yeah. He was all in um, when I reached out to him about the article, sent me a bunch of behind the scenes photographs that were just hysterical. This is stuff that nobody has seen, you know, and it's such a delicious snapshot of the late 90s and what what they were all up to at that that point in time. Yeah, Um, it's just gold. I'm really looking forward to seeing the article. And um, if you want to subscribe, it's digital.racerxonline.com. You can get digital issues for 99 cents right now. They're having a sale. So. Oh, the whole issue! I thought it was like the article for ninety nine cents or something. No, you get you get the whole you get the whole issue. I think they're having a special, you know, first three issues for ninety nine cents, and then they have the print magazine still too. I honestly think that I got a um, when they first started doing the digital ones. I think mm-hmm. I don't know somehow I got a digital subscription. And I just found it. It was like, this is your last one in my junk mail or spam or whatever. And I was like, I got this for a year. I never saw any of this. So I'm like, "Ah." that's the problem with digital magazines. You forget that you even had them or got them in the first place. Yeah. And it just got rerouted to some kind of weird mailbox that I don't ever check. And then I was finally, you know, they don't pop up. So then I finally looked and I was like, oh, there's a whole year of magazines in here that I never read. Yeah. Oh, well. So uh, you're obviously, you grew up racing. You got your childhood Moto 5 right behind you. Yep, which way? Yep, there's the, the Bell Moto 5 that I got a concussion in in 1990 at, at the Minios. It was on the parade lap. Um, Ricky Carmichael and I still joke about that because he was right behind me when it happened. I went over the bars on this double jump. Let me re- let me say that again. On the parade lap, <laughs> crash. And years later, we're at the races, and I mentioned it to him. He goes, "You were the you were the asshole who held us all up on the line. <laughs> it was delayed because they had to scrape me off the track. Wow. Put me in an ambulance, and I woke up on a CAT scan machine." It was a water or something. Winds up with a kid named Joey in Michigan, who uses it for three more years, and he sent it back to me a few months ago. So I haven't seen this helmet in almost thirty years, and it winds up uh, in my house. And because you posted a picture of you back in the day in it, or yeah, something. Yeah, he just he just follows me. Um, we were family friends growing up. You know, he raised in Michigan also, and, and he's like, I got your helmet. I still have your helmet. And he, and he mailed it back to me with some, where did those go? Oh, these are cool. Oh, yeah, the old paw tactors. <laughs> yeah, look at those hard plastic. It's like probably so brittle now. Um, they're in pretty good, well, no, there's some holes in them. I Pete, mean, thirty Pete, years Donna, old. We need a re- we need a refund. <laughs> uh, Sent me some gloves back too that used to be mine. So that was cool. To see. I want a replacement of these ones. Exact gloves. Exactly. <laughs> um. So what you grew uh, up? Where? Yeah, I grew up Michigan. Yep, District Fourteen. I grew up in the mid '80s, late '80s. I stopped racing in '97. So Nick Way, Jimmy Wilson, Matt Maximoff. Josh Woods, that that era, those riders. Um, our dad's got the Michigan Mafia rolling again, and they have a bunch of T-shirts made. I have one around here somewhere. Um, so one of the OG ones? What's that? One of the OG ones? No, I mean, Michigan Mafia started in the 70s. I don't know if those guys made T-shirts, 
but in the late 80s or early 90s our our dad's way woods some of the other dads i don't know who exactly did it but we made a bunch of michigan mafia shirts and we would wear those when we went down to loretta lens or minio's i mean sometimes we just caravan together i remember one year we went to minio's i think it was it was 90. It was the year that I got knocked out. That's why we couldn't go home because we'd caravan down there with Nick and Terry Way, uh, Travis Peterson, and a kid named Justin Smith um, who passed away a few years ago. He was from Michigan also. So there was four kids, four adults, all in this one motorhome. It was, in, it was insane. It was so crowded, but it was a blast. You know, it's the memories you'll have forever. Yeah. Um. You, have you thought of doing a story on the original Michigan Mafia, or already have you already done that? I would like to do a story on the team dynamic that was um, very popular. I think I think dynamic. I don't know if it was a shop. I can't quite remember, but all the kids growing up in Michigan in the late seventies, early eighties were part of Team Dynamic, and they would go to the the amateur nationals what was before Loretta Lynn's and just clean house. Like one year it was over in um, Millville and they just destroyed everybody. Um, the year it was in Redbud, like 80 or 81, they, you know, obviously killed everyone there. So I think that would be a good story. But I think the Michigan Mafia was just a, a name that race promoters and race announcers gave to all the kids from Michigan that, that came to any big race and, and, and cleaned up. Well, yeah, you must have had fast guys. Yeah, yeah, obviously. There's no, there's no shitty state mafia. (laughs) (laughs) Bowen brothers, uh, the Beckington brothers, Eric McClear. There was a lot of great riders from that from that era. It was it was it was good to grow up with those guys. Yeah. So then, this is a drinking show, right? What do you? Yeah, oh yeah. I got um, tequila and water. That's what I always drink. This is a this is a Holden Caulfield. This is a. Soda and bourbon, soda and soda and whiskey. Holden Caulfield, isn't that from uh, some book? What's the book? Yeah, yeah, Catcher, Catcher in the, the Rye. That's. I think I think his was, uh, and I don't have any of this. It was uh, soda and scotch. I didn't have any scotch, so. Oh, scotch. I kind I'd of. improvise. I'm completely out of beer. I don't know if the liquor stores are open, and so I kind of just. I don't know if this is the same in your house, but I have a bunch of bottles of liquor that have been hanging around for two decades. And I'm like, I'm going to drink all these. Like, I'm not a gin person, but there's a bottle of gin here somewhere. And I was like, we're going to finish all the alcohol before we go out and buy any more. Nick says he's trying to log on. See if I can. I'll send him that. Just the show thing I sent you. Um... So, and then you said that uh, basically you went straight to um, college after you rode one national. I went to the Steel City National in 97. That was the weekend that Princess Di was killed. I remember waking up in the back of the van. I was sleeping and I had two guys with me. They're like my mechanics, you know, just guys from Michigan that wanted to go help me out and have, you know, have a weekend away. And uh, I remember we're waiting in line outside of the Steel City National. I just hear like, Princess Di is dead. I'm like, I pop, pop my head up and I'm sleeping. I'm like, wow, that's, that's probably a big deal. Um, that was Sunday morning. But back to Fresno Smooth, 97 Steel City. That was the weekend where they shot the Emigos commercial. Uh. So the day before on Saturday morning, they shot that whole commercial just outside the gate. And 
I happen to be there trying to qualify for that race. Um, so it's kind of funny that over two decades later, I, I find out that I was there the weekend where Albrecht puts out the, the uh, oats and brand pit board <laughs> during an actual pro race. <laughs> That's awesome. was like I was so far out front it just it didn't even matter I was just laughing inside my helmet <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't qualify for this um you know into the main motos you, know, you qualify on Saturday for Sunday and then on Sunday morning you had to qualify again to get into the motos and I didn't I didn't make it we swapped bikes onto a, like this Honda Troy modified CR125 and I was like looping out on the start because I never rode modified motorcycles. We'd go to Loretta's in the modified class and I'd just ride a stock bike because, you know, we just didn't spend money on that kind of stuff. And so when I got on the bike that actually was much faster, like I couldn't handle it. It was just, it was too fast. What's up? But Nick no, is here. Just, I was not going to hold the Anyways. He just, I was listening. So I brought scotch. He's silent. Oh, nice. It pairs with my bush light. Oh, perfect. You know, you're from Michigan. Do you mix them together? Oh, in my stomach, maybe. (laughs) I was just easy drinking, and then I seen you guys showing off your booze. I was like, all right, I got this scotch that's been sitting around. All right. We were just talking about Steel City 97 and uh, the race that put me in college. So how old are you? You're 18 there? Yeah, I, I guess so. 97, I turned 18. Yep. Because I'm um, 40, and I'm like, if it was 98, I was 18. 99, I was 19. So I, it's easy math. Yeah, I'm just a year. I'm just a year ahead of you. So yeah, then I went to University of Michigan and spent three and a half years there, and then I went uh, and worked in television down in Georgia, where we produced Moto World for ESPN2, and um, some out bunch of outdoors hunting and fishing shows. But MotoWorld and MotoWorld.com were the properties that I worked on. And that was a dream job. I mean, yeah. traveling the world, producing television shows about motorcycles. That was pretty sweet. Is that, so I, is that what you went to school for? I didn't get that. I went to school for communications. Yeah, I, I wanted to be a writer, broadcaster, anything like that. And I had a job offer at Dirt Bike Magazine because that's what I really wanted to do. But I did my internship down at Moto World, and when college was over, those guys said, "Do you, you know, we'd like to have you back down here. You know, we have a position for you with MotorWorld.com, and uh, we're going to start a magazine." And the magazine, he announced it on on an episode of Moto World. I'm like, "Cool, this is going to happen." And that didn't happen, but I got to learn television, and that was that was a blast because now multimedia skills are a must. You know, an absolute yeah. must. Yeah, I'm. Um- multimedia faking it until you make it i'm still faking it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say i had it all figured out but it was nice to pick the pick those skills up a little bit yeah well it seems like at this point everybody's faking it even the news is just at home just everybody's in front of their phone exactly that's what i was like yo the news is shooting just like i do I'm trying to figure out what I should be doing different now. You know, we, we talked earlier before Nick, Nick came on about, you know, how everyone's, you know, there's no racing to cover. So we're all trying to figure out what to do. And like, I haven't, I haven't jumped on the Instagram live thing. Like I don't, my brand, I don't make it about me. So you don't see me ever, but I do wrestle with that. Like, should I let people in like to, to my little man cave down here and what I'm doing. Should I make my face a part of it? And I, I just, I can't figure that out. I wrestle with it. If part I could, says, this isn't about you. And part of me says, you know, 
people might want to know. You know, they might make a, a better connection that way. Well, I agree with that. Um, that's all it is, is you think about reality TV, right? People like people because they love them or they love to talk shit on them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they're still <laughs> watching the stuff, you know? Uh, I've always tried to not be, I've always pushed brands. Uh, but the issue is now after I stopped, like my Instagram was private for years and years while I rode and I never really got any fans. So then once I, once I left that, I didn't have that fan base to then go and try and do anything with. So now I've like got an Instagram with 1500 people on it. Cause all it was, was my friends. And I was yeah. always pushing brand, uh, you know, Instagrams and this and that. So I think personally for business wise to be able to branch off onto stuff, probably branding yourself a little more would be better. That would be my only suggestion. But if I could have pushed something and, you know, I think, I guess eventually everybody knew I was FMX East, but I wasn't, I had way better riders than me and I just promoted those guys mainly. You mean like you would let people in on the person behind the brand? more i'm not really i'm trying just because i do comedy now it's a different aspect so you're a little bit more of your person yeah in your jokes and stuff which i just say you need your face out there yeah exactly and um so i try do try to put stuff out but i'm not really like that if anything goes on in my actual personal life, I pretty much don't post anything. I'm just <laughs> like, I've even gotten hurt and not posted anything for months because I was just, what the hell am I going to write on here, you know? And at the time, I wasn't aware enough to be like a Nate Adams does. I've seen him save pictures and be hurt and just post the whole time. So you never knew that he was hurt because he was just uh, constantly yeah, still putting stuff it. out you know, for sponsors and stuff like that. Uh, and I don't think this was a big enough thing for me to have thought of it at that level, you know, then. All my money came from riding. None of it came from social media, so it didn't matter to me. Right. You know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, make the website or have anything to sell until I had, like, a following that was, you know, trusted me and, and liked what I was doing. You know, I didn't want to like just start a brand with five people and say, here's my line of T-shirts and yeah. hats and, and whatnot. You know, like why? Why would they want to buy? You know, so first you, it's like I'm going to build a following first and then and then I'll start rolling out you know, products and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to have the people that want to support you. Because if you right. don't if you don't have the base and anybody that's like this guy does good stuff, I'm like pumped to listen to it or whatever then nobody's going to tell their friends, nobody's going to buy your stuff, you know. But I have realized that people don't... Okay, so I was at Motocross of Nations in 2018 at Redbud, and I saw Deegan, and I know I know Deegan just from my work with the X Games. I'm like, hey, Brian, and I had a bunch of stickers. I'm like, here's some stickers for, for you and the boys. And he looks at him, he goes, you know, his, his laugh, <laughs> is this, this is you? This is you. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm we went fast because I didn't know that. And he's like, I have, you know, see you later. But people don't realize it's, it's no, it's me. They, you know, they know me, but they don't they don't know I'm the one that's, that's running the brand. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I do admire that. I like that. Like I said, I would love 
I've always with the with the brands for the most part. I mean, I've I'd learned to put myself in more stuff, but in the beginning, I just pushed the brand itself, and I would put other riders in all the videos and everything, kind of more than me because I was like, I don't know, I wasn't trying to push myself. I didn't want people want to think that I was just doing it to put myself in movies or, or videos or whatever. Yeah, your East Coast. It's yeah, it's something I wrestle with. I don't know. It's you know, I want I want the stories to to live on their own. Like I want this brand to be able to live on without me you know and there there are some brands that i mean take pulp mx and mathis for instance he's done an amazing thing you know a huge following but without him that brand isn't it doesn't it doesn't live on right, right. like no i his, agree his personality that's what people want you're making something that you could uh scale yeah, I Cause, guess so. Because it doesn't I, need to be you. You can have other people make articles, and as long as you approve of their article or the theme of it or whatever, then, and you feel that it's good enough to go with your brand, then you can use it. Versus, like you're saying, unless it's a personality that's on the show a bunch, like Kiefer or JT or something like that, um, and they're actually close enough to do it you know they don't have that it's not the same then it's somebody else putting an article out you know right because you yeah, listen for his attitude yeah building a brand is an incredible experience you know it's just hit and miss trying things i mean there are days where like the half hour that i had before we got you know on this call i completely squandered because i was trying to figure out you know my posts for the rest of the week and i'm like I don't even know. I have no idea what to do right now. Yeah. You know, what are people paying attention to? What do people want? Um, so there are days where I'm just, I kind of throw my hands up in the air because I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean. But then there's days where I feel like I have it all figured out. You know, you get in the zone, you're in the middle of a project, things are going really well, you know, and you just, you just can't miss. So that's the interesting thing with stuff like this, right? You get like momentum or a feel and then you're like, stuff starts coming together and you're just so excited yeah. about it that you just keep on it yeah yeah you know, just before the states started shutting down and the kids were still in school um i was working on a book about david bailey i really haven't been out in the public with this um it's been something that david and i have talked about for years and we got together last june and spent a few days talking to each other and just interviewing and getting audio recorded and after X Games Aspen, I finally got to work on that. Started writing the first chapter, started writing the second chapter, really getting things rolling. You know, I had like my schedule all planned out. When both my kids were in school, I would spend three hours, three days a week, just buried in, in that writing and going through our interviews. And then now life is completely tossed in the air. There's, you know, chaos in the house at all times. And I just like put that to the side and it's been five weeks and i haven't gone back to it and it's like ah oh, you feel like you've lost all momentum you know mm -hmm. i've never written a book before so this is my first time so there's tons of fear and feeling like you're inadequate and this is never going to happen and but um you will get back to it you know my, my plan is, is to write chapters and release them on my patreon page 
which is, you know, a small group of people who pay me monthly yeah. um, and they get, you know, certain benefits, but they're going to get to see the chapters first. And that's uh, patreon.com slash we went fast, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash we went fast. And at some point this year, we'll get some chapters posted. And when I have enough content, I'm going to publish a book, you know, it's, and it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, that is, I kind of, um, from what you see how we do it, we just get on here and start talking and ask questions, which Nick, obviously, he doesn't ask many questions. Oh, there he is. Just chime out. Oh, I was showing how humble Clint is. This is like in the locker room at the one show. I didn't make that. Yeah, no, Clint requested that. I <laughs> He's like, can you make sure it says Clint Esposito and, and then whoever, anybody, we don't care. <laughs> they, That's why I was quiet. I was trying to find that picture. They um, they dealt with me. I booked the show, and then I brought whoever with me. So mm-hmm. they decided to put that on the locker room for they us one day. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Um, well, to I, be fair, he probably didn't know if no. we booked was going to show up anyways. To I be like fair, no time helmet there. Yeah. Two of them. That one's signed. What's that? What's that photo behind you with the credential in front of it? That is um, Lusk. That's signed by everybody in the oh, militia. Cool. At least. That helmet was signed too, but I had to keep wearing it. Oh my! So it my wore off. I got that signed at. I got both these oh, signed at Redbud. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> What else do you guys want to know? Well, I just want to clarify for Nick that the sign before Clinton, whoever knows, had flying monkeys on it. (laughs) So I don't know if you were around for that. We'd show up and it would just say flying monkeys on the door. And that was our room. (laughs) Was that a monster truck show? Yeah, Brian. Yeah, we'd always get kind of dirt bikers always get fucked with by all the monster truck guys. Well, and Brian just likes to, like, one time we're in a show, and I'm taking, like, basically a rut from, you know, there's one rut in the turn to hit the ramp, otherwise you're kind of just in some weird dirt, and uh, as I'm coming into the turn, he picks up, like, a rock that's, like, you know, like, six inches long, and just throws it into the rut, (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I hit it, and I'm all just stop and push it out of the out of the, <laughs> the rut. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And I just turn around and hit the ramp. And I'm like, he would do shit like that all the time. Uh, so was, did you get to hang with Bradshaw? Uh, Monster Jams was he? Was that his era? Uh, maybe I wasn't. I don't think so. I think um, I was in and out with the Feld deal uh, a little bit. And um, I think he was after I kind of left. Uh, but Or I may have been there, but I was either doing those ramp-to-ramp IFMAs or doing arena monster jams. And he was probably driving stadium ones. Yeah. They do monster jams in arenas? Yeah. Oh, my. You don't I'll do them anywhere. Know, yeah. Exactly, dude. I've done. It wasn't a monster jam. Maybe was, not monster jam, but no. He means actual monster jams, but they do do them in arenas. Um, they used to do them in concrete floors on in arenas on concrete floors and call them the Thunder Nationals, and they sucked balls. Like, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Dude, I did one at the Allstate Arena though, and that was like their home base for Feld, and uh, that's a tight arena. That had dirt, but they're I mean, it was good for what size it was, but they had their best drivers at that one. Yeah, but they go bop. Yeah, it was something. That, I've yeah. done some terrible ones. We did one wasn't Monster Jam, obviously, but it was like a high school gym setup with the bleachers pulled back. It was we didn't even jump more than like 30, 40 feet, and the pretty- ramp had a top. They left it down. Well, was, was the uh, was the roof that low? It just there was nowhere to jump to, and the uh, fire marshals there like telling everybody back up. But then I'm like, all it was was a jersey barrier, and people were sitting floor level on bleachers. If that dude hit that, it would have just smoked people. My favorite um, setup was in a the- like a amphitheater type thing. Same deal. There was a stage. The way we hit the ramp, there was a stage on the left side. And then there was like the retractables were back. And then there was bleachers like when we jumped up in the air, they were like kind of right there. And they had one monster truck at a time. And it would just go burr over the cars and <laughs> land. And they would be like two seconds, you know. And then <laughs> that was it. So we had to go drive um, up two little sets of stairs out of the back of the arena. Turn around in the road. And then had a two by four in front of the curb and it had the wheelie onto the onto the curb. And then you went through one set of doors and then there was two sets of sta- like two little stairs. And then there was another door and a left hook, like just like 45, maybe not even. And then <laughs> you'd hit the ramp. There was like a hallway you went through. Hit the ramp, land and go out the back doors of the building and turn around, and come back in. That was, I was like, how big was the gap? Like probably fucking fifty-five feet or something. Like, oh, it's like some weird evil Knievel stuff right there, dude. Like the cow palace. How he started up in the rafters and his exit. Yeah, like you, had exactly. to go, you had to make it through the exit doors on the other side. Yeah, I wouldn't want to imagine trying to jump that stuff. He that's the people go. Oh, you guys can out jump evil. Yeah, but he was doing it on a friggin' brick. Yeah, you know, like seventy-five. Yeah. And how many times did he like book a jump and then get to the stadium and be like, oh shit, <laughs> how are we going to make this work? But you have to. Well, everybody's yeah, there yeah. to see you. Especially back then, they were just rigging stuff. Well, like yeah. Wimbledon or whatever, one of them, he was there and the bike that's was cool. running. Is that? That's yeah. Wimbledon. I think. That's one of the last autographs he ever signed. Wow. Really? Yeah. I. I in the corner. I want to say it was that one. The bike wasn't running right, it was running on one cylinder or something. And they're like, he's like, it's not running right. Like, it's not, they're like, it's not going to make it. And he goes, well, people paid to see a show or something like that. Yeah, and he went for it anyway. Yeah. I think he's like, he's like, I can't make this jump. And they're like, you have to. He's like, no, I'll jump it, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and then he, That's Wembley Stadium. I mean, that was 100,000 people. You have to if you got that many you gotta people. Go. I want to say that was the one. And he's just like. We're on one cylinder, but I guess we're going for it. Dude. Nar. Get me some get me some scotch. I'm gonna jump this thing one time. <laughs> yeah. What do you think he had before that one? Oh. I don't know how he would he would come out of his motor room and tell kids not to do narcotics and then <laughs> throw back a bottle of wild turkey. <laughs> uh, listen, as long as the, image, the right message. As long as the image is good, exactly, then you're all right. Back then that was probably the best uh pain medication you could get pain living right there i don't think so bro well 
the most easy. They still had heroin. <laughs> he had a kind of function. He His just... cane came up for auction a few years ago, and I wanted it so bad. What'd it like go starting, for? Starting starting price was twenty grand. Woo! Oh, I mean, it was that, <laughs> but that was like low enough. I'm like, hey, wife, no, I didn't, didn't get past <laughs> <get> there. <laughs> She's like, what does it do? It's a cane. It's got a flask built in. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth 10 G's alone. Yes, exactly. Especially the he drank out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. That's I a- have an Evil Knievel shirt in, in my shop. Um, it was surprisingly easy to, to get a licensing deal with. His son, Kelly, runs the brand now. And, um, I mean, they're just cashing checks, right? It, it's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, yeah good for him. My wife made this shirt with... Um, I don't have one in the office, but it has like four of his famous jumps, that being one of them on it, just the dates and the places, and that's it. So it's like you either know what's going on or you don't. Right. You know? And then there's a little woven tag in the on the hem that says, you know, Evil Knievel, officially licensed product. Pretty I thought cool. you were going to say there's a woke tag on it. <laughs> no. Is this when we get into the... Uh... We get into the wokeness. Are you are you woke? How woke are you? I'm not that I'm not that far in. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a few more uh, holding coffee. Oh, oh, you're not that many drinks in. <laughs> Quinn's gonna be reading. Uh, he's gonna be reading uh, uh, Catcher in the Rye tonight. <laughs> I don't read. Is this the shirt you're talking about? Oh, that's the one. Yep, it's cool. It's on sale right now. Everything's on sale. COVID nineteen sales. Sold. Um. So it doesn't even have the pictures. I thought it had the pictures on it. No, no, no. It's just text. And it's even you, better. You gotta sit there and you gotta read it, and then when it's a conversation it, starter, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And you, you get it or you don't. You have to. I mean, I never heard of the Kings Island one, but the other ones are so big. I would imagine any. Uh, you know, evil fan would know that. I would hope. I think Man. my brother's down there in the chat trying to get our attention. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. so, somebody said something, and then um, all of a sudden the comp- the screen got blown up. So let me uh, do this. Come, come on, or come one. Bj, learn how to use your technology. <laughs> I had a g- guy in Toronto airport approach me and tell me how cool this shirt was. Oh, he had it on. See, it's the conversation starter. There yeah. you go. Brings people together. My brother busting my balls. Do you think I am pretty I'm technologically inept. Was your brother <laughs> <laughs> But I don't I I'm not still like flip phone technology bad. <clears throat> Some people are going back to him. Well, I mean, we're all being tracked now, right? That yeah. The only way to see, not here we go. I bet they got tracking. Dev- they figured out how to put tracking devices in flip phones. Sorry, people. <laughs> Doug Henry had a flip phone until just a few years ago. It was you hilarious. You got to find an old uh, Nokia on, on eBay or something. Put your SIM a, card in it. I'm and then a, you got to wrap it in tinfoil. I'm a StarTac guy. I got to have a StarTac. That was Star- a good phone. I bet there there's still one out there that'll work. Somebody could find one in a drawer, and it'd probably just still be charged even. Dude, I got stacks of phones in my drawer. Yeah, me too. 
I may have a star tack somewhere. I'm gonna have to see if I can plug. You guys it in. are older than me. I was. I came in and it was Nokia was the shit. Did you ever? And I ha- didn't even have a phone at that point. Did you ever have a beeper, Brett? No. <laughs> no, but I remember where I was the first time I saw one. I didn't understand it. I didn't get the concept. Like there was a girl from high school standing in front of this grocery store, and I'm like, "What is that?" And she's like, "It's my beeper," and it's she my- tried to explain it to me, and I, I couldn't. Uh, she's like, I "My couldn't compute what she was telling me. I didn't. I didn't understand who like would need why you would need to talk to someone that bad, <laughs> where because that's they what needed to send you a vibration to your hip. I didn't. I still don't get it. That's what her pimp gave her, and he said, "This better always fucking be on you." <laughs> your brother said your mom had one. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the girl, the girl hanging out in front of the grocery store. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I do remember our parents getting a, a cell phone, and just it, it was always minutes, minutes, minutes. Everything was minutes. You can't use the minutes. Yeah. I remember this, the 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 phone bill was a big deal in our house. Don't 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 talk on the phone. Don't make long distance phone calls. And we would get yelled at when you know the phone bill was so high. I remember you know becoming an adult and getting my own place. And when I got the first power bill, the first phone bill, I went, "That's it. That's all this costs." We got yelled at for leaving the door open or the lights on, and this is all power costs. It adds <laughs> up, man. All the cell phone costs. This is not that big of a deal. It's the principle. Spoiled so. American and Sometimes kid. you just need a reason to yell. We grew up in the, the era of Ma Bell, though, so I think, you know, you could call just a mile down the road, and it was long distance, and it was literally three bucks a minute. And so, you know, when you're talking to your friends for yeah. a half hour at a time, it's phone bills in the hundreds of dollars. That's when you had to um, dial the area code no matter where they were. Oh, no, only if they were in a different area code. If we were long distance, you'd dial the area code. If it was local, I think you didn't. But just ask my brother. He has the memory for this. He can tell you what he had for lunch on the third day of third grade. So (laughs) I don't have that good of a memory. (laughs) He said if you had... uh, We're not exactly the memory crew. Your brother Um, said if you had to dial one, you couldn't do it. You couldn't call it. He, he would remember these kinds of things. Because that meant it was long distance? <laughs> yes, I think so. He keeps calling you BJ, and I'm uh, like... That was my nickname growing up. I was like, there's yeah, no... Before I met my wife... Should be BS. <laughs> I went by my, my given name, which is Brett. I, just, I switched in my late 20s. I started going by my given name. Changed all my bylines, decided it was you know time to go by that name everywhere not just you know with my wife so i just changed everything but people who knew me before 2007 um call me by my nickname yo bj do any of them say i don't even know you anymore yeah they do they joke about that like jason (laughs) wygant from racer x you know he's like you're still the beach to me he's i'm the beach and he's the weege so That's Beach funny. Where did you live at in Atlanta? Downtown. Okay. You were right fancy, huh? I was out west with the rest of the rednecks. I mean, I went on one of their first show. I remember listening to the first show, DMXS show. I was in Peachtree City, Georgia. I was on an internship, and those guys did their first show with little Walmart microphones with socks over the top of them. And 
the audio was terrible and they kept disconnecting and they had Tim Ferry on the show. It was hilarious. And then when I moved down there in January of 2001, I went on a, on a show um, pretty soon after I moved down there. Um, and that studio right next to the Mexican restaurant in the plaza. In the you probably tro- remember that, right? In the trophy. Uh, yes, exactly. Shop. The trophy house with the t-shirt, uh, yep. t-shirt printing so shop in the back. Kevin Kelly owned a trophy shop. And then they also screen printed shirts. So back in the big like warehouse area, they framed out a room in the corner of the warehouse and then put a studio inside that room. So that was basically the whole, um, it was just a room inside of like a bigger room. (laughs) And before that, it was just a desk on the other side of the wall of the trophy uh, showroom. I wonder. It was just a desk in the middle of that giant warehouse, just echoey and stuff. See, I think I showed up when they, the table. The first one, I think all of the ones I went to was were in that studio. So uh, whenever they, I was on the show a couple of times. Yeah. Very early on, when they still had freestyle guys on there, besides Ronnie Renner and uh, Travis Pastrana or whatever, if they have him. Yeah, it's funny. Those guys are doing that before the iPod even came out. Yeah. Well, at the time, because I was like, whoa, that's a good idea. And then it was just a whole rigmarole to try and put audio out like that. You know, you needed a server and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, I'm not getting into that. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was pretty funny that they were able to figure that out. Yeah. That was Uh, good times. They were very uh, ingenious to do it and uh yeah that that was fun um going there and doing that we uh i just went there for a supercross one one time and i remember everybody being drunk and then you know debauchery good story i just went home (laughs) good story bro (laughs) i'm a storyteller too as you can see (laughs) <laughs> usually that's my job to just end a story sentence. who's nick smith that's my brother oh he's on shit he's on youtube talking shit too <laughs> that's yeah he's pretty good about these he likes your beard i don't know how i didn't put smith together when i saw him on youtube yeah i knew it was gonna be bad when he he replied to something i posted he said oh i will be there <laughs> <laughs> is he older or younger younger did he Uh, also ride what's that did he also ride yes and i have some excellent crash footage that i can post up and there you go we need to see nick smith's crash let's fire this up he got into music and and um i kept i kept (laughs) riding and he he got pretty heavily into music uh drumming and stuff he was in a band he says he he was fast he says he was faster of course you can see him in the chat on there he says, oh, me, of Orse. Of Orse, of <laughs> course. Of Orse, of course. Of Orse, of course. Uh, he was trying to type so fast, he's like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I spelled it wrong. I'm going to get him back here. We're going to make this happen. Uh, so you wrote for a bunch of stuff. Let's pull, can you pull up his site, Nick? Um, yeah. Because I saw in your bio when I found that picture, um, for the thing that you wrote for a bunch of stuff like vice 
and uh, a bunch of big. Oh magazines. yeah, you found the About Me page. Yeah, there yeah. was a time there where I was, you know, when we moved to Baltimore, I, I had left my job in, in television, and I was really trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do with my life. Um, you know, I always wanted to keep writing about motorcycles and stuff, and go down. I um, I started pitching all kinds of people outside magazine esp in the magazine i did a little i did a little something for vice about skateboarding getting into the olympics um there you go now I'll go down is that just a link device oh here you there's, go there's nick smith there this is the this is about when he peaked where <laughs> that was quick <laughs> I forgot to make the screen bigger. That's hilarious. yeah. This Vice article was about skateboarding getting into the Olympics. Um, the story about how it happened. Um, Gary Ream there uh, from Woodward was not happy about this article. Why? Uh, you'll have to read it to find out. But um, that's a lot of words. Can, do you read this? Can you read this to us right now? Like as no. if it, as if no. it yeah. Was let's a read it live. Go. Yeah. <laughs> This guy was not happy? No. Well, everybody already knew he had gray hair. Why is he so mad? Probably best not to revisit it. <laughs> Alright. We'll just blaze through it. Listen, fifty people are gonna already. fifty people are gonna know about this that possibly didn't before. That's it. You can weather that. I mean there's nothing in there that's not <laughs> true. It's it's about how skateboarding got into the Olympics, that's all. And wow, what a tragedy that we're not gonna see the Olympics this summer. You know, we'll have to wait till next summer, but um my my gig with the X Games, you know, I'm involved in skateboarding and BMX and snowboarding and all that stuff too. Um, that's the gig that I still have. But yeah, I'll read some motorcycle stuff to you if you wanna if you uh, wanna find an article and highlight that. We're just, we're just giving you a hard time. If there's that's anything right. that we're gonna focus on after this, it's gonna be that Vice article. Okay. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a crazy article. Um, Austin Stroop. I don't. Do you know about Austin Stroop? Uh, a little bit. Incredible I, I, talent. Um, went pro back in uh, I guess oh seven oh eight. Um, factory Suzuki in oh eight or oh nine, and started winning right away. And then it just went downhill. And in twenty twelve, disappeared. Um, maybe it was twenty eleven, twenty ten. He did, he was gone for years and then he resurfed yeah 2012 and then he was gone for four years he just disappeared off the face of the earth no one knew where he was and uh chase stalo at racer x called me and said austin stroop is showing up at the baltimore arena cross this weekend can you get can you get down there and try to interview him and i said sure and um i called him and I said, "Hey, I want to do a story on you." And I just, I, when I went up to him in the, in the Baltimore Arena, I said, "Look, we're either all in on this, or we're all, or we're not doing it at all." Um, so, long story short, he fell deep into opioid addiction, and uh, disappeared. You know, had major, a lot of problems, went to jail, and um, I just said, I, "I want to do the story, and we're going to do it. We're going to, do, and we're going to do it right." And we went and interviewed it up. At a restaurant in downtown Baltimore after the race that night and 
um, kind of like we talked for 90 minutes, two hours. He's kind of gave me the story, but we talked on and off for like three months. And during that time, he went to jail and lost his arena cross ride while I was reporting on the story. He ended up relapsing and getting back into drugs during that arena cross season, during his comeback you know, season after being gone for four years. Wow. And, um, God, what a crazy story that was. I'd, I'd have to reread the story just to refresh my memory because it was four years ago when I did it. But uh, he just celebrated two years clean and sober. So um, really oh, happy for him. He's a really, really good guy. That's huge because especially in motocross, that's like uh, for how small of a sport it is, that's a fair – like everybody knows somebody who's had – that type of situation. It's like breaking exactly. your there collarbone. There are so many stories like Austin's, and they don't get told, um, you know, because it's it's a hard thing to talk about and it's a hard thing to report on. But uh, thankfully, he and his parents they were all in on telling it. And um, it, to have Mitch Payton tell you, he rode for Mitch Payton, you know, Pro Circuit Kawasaki. To have Mitch Payton say that's the best story I've ever seen in a motocross magazine. You know, I put that one on my resume for sure. That's I saw awesome, that. Dude. I saw that on your resume. Um, yeah, that's not. I literally put it on my resume. I, <laughs> I read it <laughs> yeah. on your resume, <laughs> or at least bio page or about me page. Um, what a bummer that he came back and he was doing so good, and then just that's opioids, dude. Got back yeah. into it. Oh, it's awful. Really bad. See, that's yeah. a good story. You know, I mean that. Uh, why it's so crucial to talk about it so people can i don't know see where things lead and how quick they go especially younger kids reading stuff like that yeah this just everybody's gonna get hurt and they're so quick to prescribe everything or you know oxycontin or whatever shit painkillers to whatever kids they'll do it they'll, they'll prescribe you stuff when you're young and we already live in a you know motocrossers are a group of people who are constantly used to pushing it taking risks they're not worried about taking pills or you know i don't know it's just like a, it turns into a party thing almost yeah i talked to doc bodner the supercross doctor um with the asterix or no alpine stars mobile medical unit now about how this all works and he's he's like you know, as doctors and legislation we were damned if we do and damned if we don't we had to manage pain and if a, if a patient told us we were in pain then we had to give them something for it, you know? So it's like we either get in trouble up front or we get in trouble later when, when that, that patient, you know, falls into addiction. But if we don't manage the pain and they're, they're, and they're suffering, then we can get in trouble for causing undue suffering. So. Right. It, it was, but yeah. they, like you said, they're in a crap position because it really comes down to why are we not trying to use things like, CBD or turmeric or stem cells to heal people like the stem cell deal is weird, I guess, because it came from fetuses or whatever. But now they have other ways to do it, like PRP and stuff like that, that nobody's talking about. Um, and they don't want to tell people about these other things that are, you know, like Kratom. They I got a ticket for uh, Kratom being on the drug watch list. I said, what the fuck is the drug? You're going to watch in case it turns into a drug? Like, what the hell are you talking about? But that's... There's, 
What There's a it? shop 15 minutes from me that sells kratom. It's yeah. like on the sign, huge. What is it? It's a um, leaf from uh, off a tree from Southeast Asia that is similar to an opiate, but it doesn't uh, like grab hold of your uh, your um, nerve receptors, which is basically the issue with uh, opioid. They block the end of the nerve receptors so that it doesn't transmit the signal. Your foot still hurts. It's just the signal's not making it to your brain. Right. But they dig in hooks real deep into your nerve receptors. So that's why you get addicted to it. And it's hard to come off of them because they're like slowly going away or whatever. Uh, Whereas Kratom is still on the opiate scale, but it doesn't like bind to your nerve receptors like that. So you don't have like a withdrawal deal from it. It's obviously not as strong. It, it hasn't been refined. Yeah. That's the other issue we're having with opiates, right? Is that there's no, like, why did they get rid of, why don't they give people heroin in the hospital? Addiction. Well, and then they made what? Uh, Oxycontin. And then, and then fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell are we talking about here? I broke my femur in 2014, and I remember getting Oxycontin, um, other drugs that I can't remember the name of and I was I was scared to take it but I was in so much pain I had to um but I tried to like really be minimal about it and um did it work for you yeah it did it did and I remember I didn't finish the medication I ended up um just getting rid of it you know I'm like I don't really I don't want this around um and then crazy a lot of it real fast (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's like, then, I feel like a warm cloud. This is terrible. Yeah. J- just recently, I, I redid my, my life insurance. And like it had been 10 years since I, I had redone my life insurance. And the life insurance company wanted to know, why were you prescribed this back in 2014? I'm like, whoa. There wow. was like, a couple medications that I, I did not recognize at all. I'm like, this has got to be related to my you know broken leg. I had surgery in this hospital. And here's the doctor. You can call them. You know, they want to know. I mean, this was six years ago, but they want to make sure that you're not harboring some addiction or something, you know? Yeah, they want to be yeah. able to skip out on paying you as easily as possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We want to collect the checks and bail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're like, oh, loophole. Sorry about your life. Oh, guess what? You had fentanyl when you were uh, 22. Yeah. It, it's been a process. It's back and forth, back and forth with questions. And They denied me straight up. They're like, nope, you had a brain injury. And it really? was like only a year or two after. No way. Term, yeah, you're trying yeah. to get term life insurance and they denied you? Yeah, this was a while ago. Like they had somebody come to my house. I had to sit down, do a little interview. And yeah. then uh, I had whacked my head pretty good. Like I think probably two years before. And they were just like, no, due to, it said due to traumatic brain injury, they, were, they wouldn't do it. So wow. I think maybe now if I've, if I've lived another like five years, maybe they'll be like, yeah. That's why I never got a brain scan or anything. If it's not confirmed, then I don't have it. Well, I wasn't able to say no. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wake up for a day. Uh-oh. Hold on. Yeah. Ooh. I want to read this. I'm leaving all these links up. Cause this is, I, got good I was going to say. Tomorrow. Yeah, those are secret links uh, on my on my webpage. page. Uh, most people don't know those are there. Those are I use those for when I'm pitching to to other 
magazines outside of the motorcycle industry. I'm trying to. You um, look, uh, look. I write good, not just dirt bike stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I stopped. I just stopped doing because it just wasn't. It's just not really worth it anymore to chase. You know, the, the little bit of money that you get, and I mean, shoot. You see, two weeks ago, or maybe it was just a week ago, three dozen people got laid off from Sports Illustrated, and um, three dozen. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't know Sports Illustrated had that many people working for them at all yeah rei just laid off a bunch of people in their you know writing department i these are just these are just people i see on my twitter feed like i got laid off today i got laid off today because i follow a bunch of writers and um yeah it's 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 rough oh this was a fun article this was so much fun motorcyclist they don't print magazines anymore either which is another reason why i started we went fast.com is because so many of my that lady was crazy. That lady right there, she was so funny. Um, a lot of the magazines that I write for just aren't printing anymore, so I just I started my own website where I could keep writing articles for myself. This was a dirt drag. So these guys drag race motorcycles in the dirt. And it is insane. The smell of the nitrous. Here, I can read some of this to you if you, if you want. Where yeah. where is this? This was in West Virginia. Already, so go, to, you, go to the top of the article. I don't. You know already got me. You got me at West Virginia. I'm sucked in. <laughs> Roll up a little bit. I don't think that's the beginning. No, I guess it is. The drag days of summer: blue jeans, red clay, and the white hot. Scroll up a little bit. There you go. Oh. And the white hot insanity of West Virginia dirt drags. This video is madness. Top fuel motorcycles, the most violent drag racing machines on the planet, square off at a dirt strip where they have no business being. They rip passes, a maelstrom of noise and rooster tails for nearly five minutes. There's no music, no announcer, no story, no fancy intro or end credits. And then, just as unceremoniously as it begins, it's over. In a little over two years, Top Fuel Motorcycle Dirt Drag Racing has become the most watched motorcycle video ever uploaded to YouTube. Search the web and you'll find a few basic details. The video takes place somewhere in West Virginia. It was shot by a construction worker named Jeff Tomlin. Some of the bikes are pushing crazy horsepower. Still, questions linger. What is dirt, dra dirt drag racing? Where does the sport come from? Who are the guys? And why are they scorching earth on two-wheel widowmakers? Has internet stardom changed the scene? Looking for answers, I decided to go see Top Fuel Dirt Drag Racing for myself. What I discovered might be the weirdest, wildest subset of motorsport in America today. So it was wild. It was wild, dude. I mean, these guys they, hanging out in their jeans. They're pouring nitro meth. I mean, you can't breathe when you're near these motorcycles <laughs> when they're running. That one right there in front and of us. Meth. Yeah, that's a that's a top fuel one, and <laughs> dude, if you stood behind that bike, I mean, it would take blow your breath away, right? That wood wall. So, do they ever race this many people in a row? There's like five lanes there. No, no, not. that's 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 his lane. That's just his lane. I know, but do they race five at a time or? No, 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 just two. So it's drag racing. All right, well, I didn't know. Imagine, um, I don't know, John Force, right? Yeah. You know the name John Force? 
on so, drag racing. It's drag racing, yeah. It's but it's on dirt. It's motorcycles on dirt. What the shit? That's how you start right there. Feet back. Yeah. Dra- drag Smashing nuts. I mean, there was a ten year old there on a 1987 KX125. You know, with a with a with a paper plate as the number as a front number Hell plate. Yeah. <laughs> Just having a good time, dude. That, that's all. You need to find that kid and write a story about that. Yeah. Where's he at? I bet you between the nitromethane and the methamphetamine, you couldn't breathe at all around this place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some cool people who were just you know, <laughs> family, you know, family people out having a good time. And then there was some like, yeah, I'm probably not going to go hang out with you. you know, that's were, that's were, where we're at. We, I want those cool. people. Look What's at that. that. Dude, he's ca- getting ready. To, he's catching gears. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, that's that's a that's a paper plate. Dude, shit, yeah. So do they roll? Do they re-roll those lanes every time? <clears throat> Not every single time, but I think they did before the the top fuel guys came out. And the top fuel guys are the ones making the money. You know, everyone else is just you know. That's probably why it's so like people like it because when you can watch it and participate all in the same setting, that's huge. Yeah, and there was a motocross track there too. They weren't doing a moto race at that time, but. The promoter of this property had a, a, a motocross track on the grounds. So but it was who, like going back in time 30 years. Who did the um, the photography for this? Is that you? His name was Mike Calabro. No, he was a pro. This guy was really good. These are awesome I, I'm pictures. Not, I'm not a good photographer. There's a byline on there somewhere. Like They flew this guy in from Chicago to do this race. Chicago? Yeah. My turf. Was he an asshole? Most no, guys, he was super cool. Oh, uh, I just figured being he from, ain't from Chicago. Chicago. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he might not be originally. He, Sounds like a dickhead. He must have just. He's a transplant. Say right there, Jade. Look, Jaden Miner, ten years old. Yep, fifth grader racing a Kawasaki one twenty five. I just saw his name down there in the. The, and the then bottom. Nick just scrolled aimlestly back and forth. I mean, so I've written so many. Here, read it. Read it real quick. <laughs> I can't even fucking scroll that fast to try and fuck with you. <clears throat> Let's see what else we got. It jumps around on us, so don't worry about it. What is this? Oh, this is when oh. I got. To, this is when I got to ride the um, Alta. Is that you riding? Yeah, that's me. Look at I that. Rhino would be proud of your form. Last time I rode a dirt bike, like a real dirt bike. <laughs> I shouldn't admit that. That was, look at that. That was three years ago. That's the last time you rode at all? I'm a dirt bike. I don't have a dirt bike. I live in Baltimore. That's which true. I guess, it, <laughs> 12 o'clock, boys. Yeah, I should have a motorcycle, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're in the heart of it. That bike like was a lot time. of fun. So that right there, that photo, that the Cow Palace we were just talking about evil Knievel. The cow palace is right around the corner from where that photo was taken. This, really? was, this is just across the street from where Alta's headquarters was. So all these riding shots, this was, they would, they would go ride there. They had like this testing ground that was between the cow palace and this railroad track that came out of San Francisco. It was just this, like, I wouldn't call it abandoned, but it was just this big strip of land that was just sitting there and they used it to go you know test test their bikes and so when nice. a guest like me would come in they'd take them over there and, and go ride 
Um, they just had a little makeshift moto track. It was perfect for what I wanted. I just I wanted like an hour on the bike just to get a feel for right. it. Right. And man, I tell you, that was that bike was fun. That was a really yeah. fun bike to ride. What a bummer on that deal, huh? Yeah, and Bombardier bought the technology, and they're not going to make a motorcycle. They just they just took the technology, and yeah, I don't know what they're doing with it. Bum- it's kind of like when they first started making like electric car type stuff. People would buy it and just sit on it. Yeah. Check this out. So I just bought this two days ago. I got that little KTM electric bike. No way. For yourself? That is the coolest fucking bike, dude. No, for his kid. It's super cool. And it's like the whole body adjusts. It's just, I, because I, I was wanting an Alta, but I got kids. So I'll just keep riding oh, so my that's old 250. That's for your kids? Yeah. So what? Did, how much does that thing cost? So this one was 5200 and that was like a showroom showroom model. They, they wanted like six grand for the Husky that was brand new. But wow. I mean, I didn't hustle too hard because I was just. But that adjusts, and, and your kids would be able to ride it for years, right? Yeah, because this goes all this. If you did the, like the suspension kit that really lowers it, it's almost like the fifty size, and you got six modes, so you can drop it, you know, to where it's like just creep just fast enough to not tip over, and then you but could put it like in six the sixth mode, and it hauls ass. Brand new. And the the whole body, the, this, all this I mean, plastic moves hard, up an inch. You can drop the um, shock an inch. It's got badass suspension. It came with like, it's got air suspension, so it comes with the pump to adjust the suspension. It's all the stuff that's on the sixty five. It's got the charger. It comes with a warranty on the electronics on a dirt bike. Wow, it's fucking cool. So I was wanting an Alta, couldn't get it, so I got this. But I'm hoping it lasts him like, you know, from he's going from a PW50. He went to this. He's barely tall enough to sit on this. It should take him to basically a, an 85, I would think. That's awesome. I come out here just to look at it. Uh, yeah, so this, this Alta article, I, I did one article for Revzilla and another for Meta. That was um, the Meta was less a review and more on you know, what Alta was about. And I sat down with the, the three founders of the company and talked to them for a couple hours. It was, it was really interesting to talk with them. So who were those guys? Were they, did they ride? Did they, were they just? One of them, Derek. Thing? Yeah. He grew up a flat tracker. One guy, uh, I, I can't remember where he came from. Mark. Um, I can't, I, can't I, I would butcher his last name, but I just, I just had a, a conversation with him on Instagram recently. He's at, um, He's at Lyft, the 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 ride sharing company. He's huh. like working in their small really? small vehicle mobility department or something. But yeah, this is all literally just outside of San Francisco. These photos that you're seeing. Wow. Everybody that we've talked to that's rid one liked them. Ah, it was so much fun. It was How weird to be able to hear. The rubber, yeah, on the on the ground. You hear the chain slap. You're just hearing things that you wouldn't normally hear, and it's almost like you're feeling things that you don't feel, just because the noise isn't drowning it out. I'm so bum Bombardier got it because then they'll put stupid sizes on it, like 13s and. Shit yeah, but like maybe that. if they do quads and electric, it'll take off, and then the. People get behind it a little bit. Yeah. Listen, 
have you worked yeah on so these are just my, my my resume piece articles that, that you dug up here um you can go to uh the home page to see what, what i've been working on this is a cool story about a snowboarder who lost his leg no click and on then the, the podcasts are the podcasts are me reading the articles to you um it, I you, just did, you just did your podcast and our podcast? Yeah. That would just happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the podcast, because I had some people tell me, like, hey, I don't have time to read. I don't have 45 minutes to read one of your stories. Um, maybe you should just voice them over. And so that that's what I do. I voice them over. And then uh, Nick, my brother, does the audio engineering on them, makes me sound better than I am, does all the editing for me, um, which is very, very helpful. Well, that's, right uh, Tonight I've made it. Tonight I've made everybody sound better than they are. I think. Oh, good. Thank you. He's a liar. He makes my voice crack more than it already does. <laughs> no, tonight it makes me sound high pitched. Listen, I got my new cables. You guys are running straight oh, yeah. into the mixer. I sound crispy. I've been fucking with gain and like squelch Unreal. or whatever. I changed it to CB channel four. Or, uh, <laughs> Are you a, uh, he's got a big antenna outside of his house. He's a ham radio operator I'm a now. I'm a, rabbit ears. I'm a trucker. Doing these, uh, your articles, audios, just smart. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Because if you're working, mowing, you know, whatever, stuff where you can't read. I've been doing a lot of audio books because it's like, well, when do I have time to read that much, especially when I read slow? Right. What are you listening to right now? I am listening to well. I started like a couple books. One was like a listen to nerd books, but it's one about education, how it's a racket, which is interesting because my wife's a teacher. But uh, who wrote it? Um, John Taylor Gatto. Dumbing us down. Okay, it's a good one. Very good. If you want to hear some uh, everything in here is a conspiracy, but it's real, not conspiracy like. Stuff that already happened. But uh, I try to like listen to books, but then I get I want to listen to podcasts because I just want to know what's going on current type stuff. But then you got to know history. I just listened to an article about, it was a profile in Weird Al Yankovic. And it was really, really good. Really? Really good writing. And it was funny to hear, you know, a profile about a guy that I know very, very nothing. I don't know. I knew nothing about Weird Al, but... <laughs> I mean, we used to listen to Weird Al growing up, you know, and went yeah. to in concert and, you know, really loved his music and loved his work. And um, the, the article was really well done. Now, so what's weird about Weird Al that we wouldn't assume is weird? Uh, he is a super mellow and actually shy person in, in real life and does not wear Hawaiian shirts ever because he doesn't want to draw attention to himself. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I could have guessed that. Like his wife, the woman he's married to, uh, he got married later in life. He's almost, he's about 60 now and, uh, he's got a 16 year old daughter. So you do the math and she, you know, knew of him and she's like, ah, I don't know. Someone was trying to set them up because, you know, she assumed that that's what he's like in real life. And he was not at all. Yeah. He seems kind of shy almost because all he does is sing. I don't know. The things I've seen with him where he talked, he didn't seem like he was super, you know. Yeah, see, I've seen nothing nothing of that. I only know Weird Al from the albums 
I feel and like he was it, on some talk shows it. back in the day. Yeah, we didn't have MTV growing up. We didn't have cable. We lived out in the boonies. So, I bet Weird Al's wife is hot. Probably. Of course, you've already looked her up. Of course, you have. I guessed it anyways, though, in advance. She's kind of she's oldish. And I'm listening to a book called Citizen Reporters about uh, SS McClure and. Um, yeah, he got LASIK surgery like 20 years ago, and I guess everyone was upset about it because his glasses were, you know, part of his part of his deal. Dude, I got LASIK. It's the shit. I got robot eyes. Laser eyes. Weird what? Al. How would we end up on Weird Al? You better uh, not get LASIK, You're talking Brett. about what, what we were listening to recently. Oh, yeah. You better not get LASIK, Brett, because if you lose your glasses, then... And you're no longer BJ. Get get LASIK and then just wear fake glasses. Uh, I can't do that. That's like shaving your head, you know, when you're not bald. Exactly. Baldness hey, appropriation. Clint was about to get angry when you said shave your head, but then... Baldness appropriation. Yo, it's, like I hate, wearing, it's like rolling around in a wheelchair when you have no reason to be. I, mean, well, I, I wouldn't do exactly. that. Exactly. I hate baldness appropriation. I think I just figured <laughs> out my new look. I'm going to shave my head and get fucking fake glasses. Like, I haven't had a haircut in a minute. This will be awesome. Next podcast, I won't even tell Clint. I'll just pop on with glasses. Shaved head? Bald. You fucking hypocrite. Dick. Uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody asked you, do you think that the um, Honda electric bike is real or BS? Have you heard anything? Well, we saw it, right? What was that, a year ago? Yeah, that doesn't mean that's like I mean, the is Elon it Musk. Out? Quad. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. It's like the Elon Musk quad. They made one. Gosh. And then <laughs> trying to sell that great, stupid that's a truck. Great question: Where is the Honda electric full-size motorcycle? Let's look it up. Let's see what we can. Let's look does up. The, uh, does the electric uh, Honda electric bike come with electric start? <laughs> Dude, that's a crazy thing like now i take the kids a ride and i'm like we don't have to warm it up check the oil check the gas it's just crazy you just get on and you just do it make sure it makes a little noise and then you're ready to you're ready to go you still have to check the wheel bearings and linkage bearings and stuff i always yeah check the spokes air pressure of course i don't have to check all the stuff i don't check on my own bike when i ride Adjusted the pole rise. What is what is going on with that bike? We saw that one photo from a motorcycle show, and it's just been nothing. Yeah, they stole. What does this guy have to do with the? Uh, they took an Alta motor, or whatever the hell you want to call it. I guess that would be a motor, actually. So here's the interesting thing, which is just a stupid realization. This is part of my comedy: is realizing stupid things. Uh, it's not even a, a an electric motor is a motor. It, otherwise it's an internal combustion engine yeah i know my uncle told me that when i was little he like corrected me on it yeah yeah but everybody just calls it the motor yeah the motor but technically no, this is the motor. you're all wrong this is a permanent magnet motor on my little ktm over here <laughs> i think you're I getting, my getting bike. nowhere on your search here i know i just he doesn't got know what he's we're doing. talking he has no idea what he's doing you should have, doesn't look at everything I see is just yeah because there's nothing. Brett, get on it. So what, what's your theme here in this podcast? You guys have a running theme uh, for every show that the guests 
are hey, what involved, are your thoughts on fluoride? The guests are involved in motorcycles. That's literally the only way this is dirt <laughs> bike related. <laughs> and then you're like an hour in, you realize you're talking to someone who hasn't ridden a motorcycle in three years. And you're like, why are we talking to this guy? Uh, you work in the dirt bike community, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like. Basically, I'm a meathead like Rogan, I guess. And that was the only podcast I, that I listened to for a long time. And I think in Moto, there's really nobody just talking to people and getting yeah. to know them. You know, it's all the company line. How was your your bike? And, uh, you know, did you change your suspension or, you know, how Why was the track? Why is Monster better than Red Bull? Yeah, or, or yeah. Vice, vice versa. Yeah, Where, it's, it's, it's tough. That's, I have my style and other people have their style. My, my style is to, you know, find something that I want to write about or story I want to tell and suck every bit you know you 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 got a taste of it when i was peppering you with questions about everything because i have to know all the details you know you do a podcast about john doe racer from the 80s 90s whenever and it's an hour long and you just kind of like glaze over his results well it's like i guess that's fine you know that that's that's a story but i like to take either a piece of that person's career or something significant that happened and try to figure out every detail surrounding it, you know, are you saying we're doing do a bad job over his, his results sheet or resume? Are you saying we're doing a bad job here, Brett? No, no, no. I'm saying? just, I'm just trying Nick, to figure out what, what you, if you I have just didn't realize he was going to come on the show. show and start judging us so fast. <laughs> It took me an hour. I mean, you were late. You were 30 <laughs> minutes late. We had to start without you. Like, have you guys seen my resume? I made you pull it up. Now I can't you, put this on my resume. You pulled it up. <laughs> I know. I was directed to. Yeah, we're right. we're e drinking. All right, Brett. So just settle down and enjoy your bourbon you drink over there. Cheers. Let's do a little. Uh... You know what though? This is what show one fifteen. One oh seven. One oh seven. You were far ahead of the curve on on e drinking because that's what everybody's doing right now. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, we said. We've been we've been prepping for this quarantine. Three Since years. Fucking 2018, <laughs> 2017. Yeah. Nobody um, can hang. Nobody's hanging on drinking on the internet with us. We've drank so m- I've drank so many bottles of tequila on the internet that it's <laughs> <laughs> Clint can't get life insurance. How's that? <laughs> for that reason? It's all recorded. Just the amount of e drinking I've done. <laughs> The amount of like stories. Like, we got 42 hours of drinking tequila. Yeah. We're not, no. It's not Listen, happening. I've told too many stories on the podcast. If they really wanted to go through, I wouldn't, they'd, oh. they'd never give me health insurance again. They'd just be like, as far as the health community knows, I just fall off a lot of ladders. Yeah. You know. <laughs> too funny. We had I a, have that when I woke up from my little coma situation where I wrote on the paper that I was playing soccer. And they're like, Nick, everybody knows what happened. Like, <laughs> we were out. I'm like, no, I was playing soccer. And I was convinced that I could convince people that it wasn't a dirt bike, even though I came in on a backboard. With your coma. gear on? Coma's yeah, on. which I was like, did you? I just fucking bought that stuff. Rule number one is take your gear off if you can. Right, Brett? Yep. Well, it was brand new gear. And fucking, I don't know, they didn't cut my boots off. So that was the only thing. That was good. There's I got a deal. When they break out those scissors and run them up your leg. 
Shit, I remember when I broke my broke my leg. Um, that was a non-racing accident, and they, I had these hiking pants on. Where, I mean, my femur is screwed, right? Like they gotta cut the pants off. I'm like, no, those are my favorite hiking <laughs> pants. <laughs> That's shock. That's what that yeah. is. When you're just like, I should really be in pain, fucked up right now. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I remember. I remember. <laughs> like I'm. I was worried about my, my wrist being broken, like, and it still bothers me. It was just a tiny, maybe the navicular, I can't remember, just a small fracture. I was more worried about that than the femur that was snapped in half. Yeah. And he, replaced there's it. your body trying to talk you down off a cliff, going, nah, it's just a wrist. Don't even worry about it. Exactly. Well, that's how I broke my leg, Nick. I fell off a cliff, so I don't <laughs> Don't take my hiking pants. <laughs> Not my hiking pants. Uh, uh, what's my brother's? What's he, he says, when now? they thought you broke your neck in Florida, dad stopped them from cutting your boots off. <laughs> he was like, no. <laughs> he wasn't even there. I don't know how he knows that. It's probably traumatic for your dad. Your dad had to come tell him the story about, like, man, they were going to cut his boots off. So uh, to both Nicks, that's the helmet I was wearing when I, right there. Oh, safety broke, first. Is it the same? Neck. It's all the same story? That's it right there. This yeah, is all, all the same, same story. story. That's oh, the helmet shit. I was wearing when I when I fell on the parade lap at the 1990 <laughs> Minios. <laughs> the parade lap. So, <laughs> it was the parade lap. So I've uh, done that. Other, 87 to 11 class went over the bars. Other Nick, yeah. Nick Smith, he just was telling us that he just got that helmet back from knocking himself out. And now you come in with an anecdotal story that happens to be from the exact same crash and helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good TV right there. We're going to sue Bell for our poor memories. Yeah. We could be dead, but we don't remember anything. So it's not my, nothing's my fault. It's some, uh, we could point to somebody else, right? Exactly. Yeah. Duh. What am I going to do? I could do? be responsible for choosing to ride a dirt bike and then exactly. cracking my dome. Yeah. I got Moto Pimp sending me fucking Snapchats. Wait, See? We, See? we talked about that guy earlier. See? Didn't I we? told you. Moto Pimp. He's always chiming in, dude. I don't even know. I can't read and talk. Everybody knows Moto Pimps. I was tell telling. Moto, tell Moto Pimp to follow. We went fast. I need to talk to him. I was telling. Yeah. Uh, Brett's like, I want to write this story. I was like, yo, Moto Pimps got footage of that shit. And he's like, what? Who the fuck is Moto Pimps? And I'm like... And I say, who the fuck is Moto Pimps? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just blew it because he just said it now. He's, there you go. <laughs> uh, now he knows. I was like, what are you talking about? Everybody that likes dirt bikes on the internet knows who Moto Pimps is. I don't know how. What are you doing, you amateur hour over there playing the podcast in the background? No, I was getting I had another <laughs> Snapchat. If I didn't check it, I'd forget the notification. This is complicated. You guys are old. You don't surprise you even have it. No, I think I I think I, I snapped up my pun intended. I snapped up my username, but I don't know how to use Snapchat. See what I mean? Clint barely yeah, Nick like Nick solely writes me on Snapchat. No, he writes me, and then I respond to it. And between our two brains that don't record things, I'm it's like, like a conversation that never happened. I'm like, uh, what did you, uh, 
what did I write that you replied that to? And he's, he's <laughs> like, I don't remember. <laughs> I like send him a, a message or something, and then it takes him a day, and I'm like, I and he just replies the answer, and I'm like, I don't even know what I said to Snapchat him. Snapchat is designed <laughs> to make you think that you're going, you're going senile because you send it, and then it's like you send it in a second, and then you're working, and you get back to whatever, and then people send shit back, and they're like, what'd you send? I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I save them all, but I'm not about to go back and look. I'm just glad that Instagram finally allowed DMs to you can reply to them on a computer, on a desktop. My uh, Instagram shut off me being able to upload to IGTV on my phone, but I can go on the computer and upload stuff. Weird. Yeah. That's backwards. I'm like, what's going on here? I don't think it knows that you're, you know what? I feel like I've broken the, the code. Apple problem. I've broken the code. My computer's an Apple, too. That's what I'm saying. Blame them both. Brett's like, what the fuck is going on here right now? So who's been your favorite guest? Like, what, what kind of uh, stories do you like to tell on the show? You, Brett. Who else are we going to say? You already made us go through your resume. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you going to add uh, Two Wheels of Freedom favorite guest if we make... We're gonna There's make a good pull quote from the show. Yes, I will. <laughs> Perfect. That's gonna be the. We got a quote on his site now. We've made it. Uh, All twelve people that visit it every day. Oh, we're gonna hack 12? the mainframe and put our quote in there. I'm sure it's pictures of ourselves. I'm not. I don't know. Clint's the hacker. Anything. I have no idea. I could barely hack into my own site to change stuff. (laughs) (laughs) How do I, what's the password? Speaking of hacked, Eli Tomac's Instagram got hacked this week. Come on. I'm serious. What did they write? Did they put some racial slurs on it? It just says no posts. You got to quit clicking on titty pictures. That's how you get hacked. No, that's untrue because I would have, mine would have been shut down a while ago. No, but they're not. Hello, sexy man. Yeah, you look up Eli Tomac. What do you got there? The top one is Eli Tomac underscore. Huh. Wait, who got hacked? You got hacked or Eli got hacked? Eli Tomac Tomac got hacked. What? You both talked at the same time. Go ahead, go. Eli Tomac got hacked. Hack Tomac. It's a hack attack. Yeah. Um. He popped up on mine. Not that. Here's him scrubbing. Am I not sharing this page? Yeah, I found it, but. Oh, I gotta hit share. I found him. Look at is that that's on your desktop? Yeah. Look at this. Why am I getting that on my on yeah, the phone? Why are you getting that? Dude, he blocked you. He blocked you, bro. Oh my gosh, here. You heard it here first. Uh, you are not found? Eli blocked. We went fast. Look at this. Look, he he shows up on mine. Oh, that's this weird. is like Bubba from Krusty. He, I think he blocked our two wheels to free. Yo, he page. did. He did. Because I tried to tag him and shit too. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yo, you, you can't don't find show him. up. That's why you I can d- type in his name exact. Yes. And it doesn't fucking come up. Yeah. 
What the fuck, Bubba? Dude, what do you what's so let's get down to this. What's up with you and Eli? What's going That's on? Weird. What'd you write about him? Nothing. You wrote well, about that time he didn't make it to Loretta's, didn't you? You guys got beef, apparently. Weird. That's really strange. All right, what's the conspiracy it, it theory about this? Does it normally tell you if you've been blocked? No. Like that, it does. It does? It just says user not found? Yeah, it's like, it's real, like, kind of like a girl blew you off. That's really strange because his fiance accepted my request. Oh! oh there we go! That's what happened. <laughs> You're never getting unblocked now. That's <laughs> fired. Here, I'm going to comment. We went fast. I mean, that was months ago. <laughs> uh. You're gonna get what account are you on? You better be on Turbo Nuts because you're. I'm gonna, on me. Don't worry. You're gonna get two wheels blocked. Should I put we went fast, Levi. not you? <laughs> uh, he's That's still it. going fast. Oh my god! Buffering. This is you gotta get action. There we go. All right, cool. Tomorrow, remind me that we sent that. <laughs> wow, Did this you... is good stuff right here. Let's stir it up. Anybody else block you? <laughs> That's that's the first. Who else can't we find? We don't know if they blocked. Because I told Bubba, I'm like, dude, you blocked us. He's like, I didn't block you. Yeah. We're friends with him. We're friends with him, Bubba from Krusty. Yeah, he was on your show. Yeah, he, yeah we, but we can't, we can't tag find him. him. Yeah, from our one account, the the like business, the two wheels account, we can't find him. I was trying to go live with him, but I was like, I don't even know where he is. And then I went to my personal one and he pops right up. And I'm like, dude, what's the deal? I can't even, I, 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 I can type in his name letter for letter and it, it doesn't pull up anything. Yeah. Do you have a second account? Do you have like a personal account? Of course I got a burner account. Okay. We'll yes, go find look him, for find him, him from there. That's so weird. Hey, real quick. Does his wife know about your burner account? No. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Uh, your brother said it was that question you asked at the Atlanta Supercross. That's what pissed oh. him off. The one you asked Barsha. Oh, maybe. Let's hear it. What was it? Yeah. I don't. Even, I don't remember. He 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 could tell us. Well, he, I was going to say, Nick, different. tell us. Let's hear it, Nick. That was the night those two got into it a little bit. Um, where they were yelling at each other? Yeah. Well, man, you would figure, okay, what's your theory on Tomac not being able to nail down Supercross? My theory? Do you have, if you have a theory. I mean, he's won outdoors three fucking times. He should have won Supercross at least twice. I hesitate to throw my opinion in here because you might know, still get unblocked. I don't know what it would be founded on, but you can't help but comment on what you see. Like when, when was it? 2017 when he lost the title to Dungey, went down to the last race. He was leading at the second to last round and came into a corner. It was a pretty simple tip over. That's what it looked like to us. And it took him forever to get up. Like, he didn't scramble. You go look at videos of Carmichael crashing in the late 90s, you know, 2000s. When he fell or crashed, he scrambled. He couldn't get back to his bike fast enough. And 
Eli is like checking his goggles and just making sure everything's right. It looked like he was faking it, right? Or yeah. milking it? Not fake. I, I, you know, I mean, you don't want to get back on a on a on a bike and you know have it all bent up. I mean, that that happened to me once. The mini O's, right? Jump back on the bike, everything's bent to shit, and I go over the bars because I'm, you know, not thinking clearly enough. So I crash again. You don't want, you definitely don't want that to happen. But I'm leading the points, and I crash. Guess what? I'm hopping up without checking. Yeah, and then when I get back on the bike, I felt like moving. It wasn't going anywhere. It 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 looked like it was rigged. It's just bizarre. It's like me saying that. Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's like you're. It's like his pants are falling off. You got to think about that for a minute. It's just like, who's on that bike, you know, sometimes. So here's my thought is that the weight of Supercross, like, okay, the first year he won it by like whatever, he won nine or whatever it was and then didn't win it. Like, I think he was good, good, good. And then he legitimately had issues that led to him not winning it. And then I think that... After that, especially after the second year, like it's in his head now. I have a very hard time thinking that we're going to get down. Like the Supercross Championship now has become like such a big cloud over his head. And he's probably putting so much pressure on himself to win it because he wants to win it, obviously. That the burden of Supercross now is just super, super heavy. You know, so it's like I... I've said this before. I think if he won that first one, when he won six or eight or whatever it was in the season, he won the next one, you know, or and maybe all three of them. But the fact that that first one went away and then the second one went away and now it's like, holy shit, like now the, the pressure is really, you know. What, what if, now this is just me, how I talk to my dad. What if Monster runs a Supercross series and they don't want a runaway champion? Come on. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So they influence him to fucking his pants to to check his goggles, slow down. When when no. my dad told me he watched, I didn't watch Monster Energy Cup, and he's like, Cincerello and, and Tomac were going at it. I go, who jumps in the 450 class? Now, Cincerello was fast as fuck. Who jumps in the 450 class? And then just competes with the, the fastest dude on the planet right off the bat. No. I, said, I go, did they hype Supercross the whole time? Be like, man, you'll have to wait till January to see us battle constantly. I don't know. Maybe. That's what they're going to do anyway. I think. I listen, know, but who does that? I think that I think that Adam is a better 450 guy. On the 250 or on a 125 or whatever, you, the whole time in your head you're going, go, 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 go. And the 450, you can't do that. You have to chill out just to ride the bike properly. And that calmed him down. That's I saw him on a 450 outdoors, and it was literally a 40-second clip. And, uh, like, years ago. And I remember seeing it and being like, Tuh. he's, like, so much faster on the 450 because he can chill. Well, yeah, I mean, and he grew and stuff, but... You know, I don't know. Monster cash. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there as a theory. How about this, though? You got the two guys who were three points apart that were supposed to have won the title for the last five years in a row. And now this happens. Yeah. You know, the, season, the season gets uh, pushed. And who knows what's going to happen this fall. Who's better? 
does it happen for either one of them? Like, do they both get screwed out of it somehow? You know, like a lot could happen between now and whenever we get to go racing again. Think about being like either one of them, right? That haven't won and really wants to win it and being right there and then having to go like, especially Tomac leading Supercross. He, I would say at this point, Supercross is a bigger priority to him and now has to spend all summer going in. Well, allegedly, if it happens all summer going and racing outdoors and trying to really put his all into that series when there's another championship that he's leading, like hanging in the balance. How does, how does that not weigh on either one of those to some extent? I think it depends so on how the first couple of, none of us are professional racers, go. right? But as we talked about earlier in the show, it's hard to focus on anything right now. And I think it just, it comes down to a point where you're like, I just have to control what I can control. And if they're allowed to go racing on June 13th or June 20th or July 4th or August 1st, whenever that might be, they just have to take that and run with it. They have to just say, I got to put Supercross that I don't know is even going to happen out of my mind and just focus on what is happening in front of me right now. And for Eli, personally, that's he's having a kid in a few weeks. You know? Eli is? Yeah. Oh, well, he's got to make that money. He's got the motivation. Right. So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, they're all racers. They're, they're all, I don't know. But, you know, they're just waiting for that chance to fucking to win. But I think that then this would be my thought. Say one of those guys, my my outdoor, if, if I was in that position, my outdoor series would depend on the first four races, let's say. Because if you're in it in the first four races and you still have a chance, then you're like, okay. I have a chance to win this one, so I'm going to gut it out. But if in your first four races, you have one race that's really bad and you're far off the standings at that point, are you not like, eh, I'm going to, I mean, I get it. The racers are, are racers, but I still think that Supercross is more important. And being in the position of being halfway through a series and, you know, being first or second in points in a arguably more important series, they're going to try and defer to that one, I would say. Right, but as an athlete, you can't get demoralized or tiptoe around because you're waiting for something else because they operate a momentum. You know, If you have momentum, you can keep that rolling. So you can't just phone it in for 8, 9, 10, 11 rounds, whatever motocross ends up being, and then go, okay, Supercross is here. Now we're going to turn it on. Now we're going to win. You have to build that momentum. You still have to build. Yeah, but I feel like they're all opportunists too. So if you feel like you've been... Here it on, is. You're going to be like, these, these fuckers have been sleeping. I'm going to get... You know, like, you want to jump on the chance you got. It's an interesting I mean, you game You have to tell yourself that it? in your head. Like, what do you do right now? Like, this is your vacation. This, you know, March, April, May... This might be the only downtime these guys get. June, July, until August. Until September 2021. You know, yeah, this yeah. might be it. So it's like. You want to relax, but every week you got to be training because you want to be ready. 
That's the issue. That's a shitty vacation, right? Because you can't they, relax. Yeah, they still have to be staying in shape and stuff, and it's not like there's a definite even return time. So, yeah, well, we know we're not racing any earlier than June thirteenth or twentieth, right? So Ugh. you you need you need to take a break right now, and then and then as we know more and more through the coming weeks, then you adjust accordingly. But they, those guys need to take a break while they can because if they're able to go racing in mid-June and race throughout the year until the end of October, you know, they're yeah. already going to be needing to get ready for, for Anaheim 2021. That's a weird gig, though, because, like you're saying with Eli, he's got a kid on the way. So you got a kid on the way. You want to – you're making money from whatever, but you feel like you need to be doing something, right? So yeah. you bare minimum need to be training constantly just so you feel like you're – just mentally so you're in it. Because if you're just sitting around, you don't have, I mean, none of these guys are going to sit around, sit around. But if you think the other guy's training is off time, you want to be doing the same thing. I know what I would be doing right now. PEDs, boys. What the fuck's a PED? Performance enhancing drugs. Oh, all of them. Yeah. Hey, to speaking get, of that, what do you edge. think's up with Stuart? <laughs> what, what, like him getting his whole like uh, penalty thing seemed a bit excessive, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's him, Tickle, Christian Craig, Cade Clayson. Well, Craig, they kind of expedited a little bit faster. Yeah. So, how come some can expedite it and some can't? Well, I think he was just the most recent and he was the most proactive. I think they got so much lash, like a pushback from all those other guys just being in limbo for whatever, two years or something like that. And everybody going, you know, fuck the FIM, we should just ditch them. I think all of a sudden they're like, okay, uh, or WADA or whoever. They're like, we better actually try and do something. I mean, we pretty much let them just, like, put their foot on Stewart's career. Yeah, it's a tragedy and a story that has not been told. Um, I know Not like trying, you know, many of us have tried to tell that story and, you know, and what really sucks is that Stu was back with us again, right? Like he was doing those, yeah, those are you know, awesome. Those 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 web web episodes of him. Um, uh, what do you call it? Reviewing the main event and giving his opinion. Those are so good, dude. Done. Oh, I'd have quoted that for sure. And yeah, because he didn't hold and back. Then, and and then like, from a dude who's that fast. Yeah, and then he kind of like disappeared a little bit, and now we're not racing anymore. So I was like, was that it? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna be totally burned on motocross he's like you know what fuck it yeah. no i don't know i think i think he needs to pop back in the scene anyway for seven or whatever uh don't you think like he can't just sit in the shower shadows and have seven I run hope not. off his brother i don't know maybe he is and he's like you know what I've dealt with all these people. I'm, I'd rather. Uh, I mean, he warned all of us. He's when I'm done racing, I'm you're not going to see me again. He had he had said that. To he did, but he kind of popped back. Yeah, I mean, they all they all come back around eventually, right? It was Johnny a, Carson didn't. Is there anyone that you wanted to interview that you just can't get in touch with? Uh, Besides Eli Tomac, I've never <laughs> even. That's not even. I. I Listen, I know my lane. There's tons of people doing moto stuff, and I, if I do moto, like, uh, 
straight motocross type people. It's more on your end, you know, videographers and stuff like that. Where Because I realize all these racers, for the most part, that's not really our deal. I don't know as many people in the racing community. Um, I've been trying to... Somebody said get Pastrana in the chat. That's probably not going to happen. Um, although I know Pastrana. Like, it's trying to get friggin' Brad Pitt or something, you know? Uh, I've tried to get... Because he's a hunk, right, Clint? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I want to blow both of them. That's <laughs> uh, Brett's like, I can't be associated with any of this. <laughs> yeah, Brett's, he just dips away. <laughs> you should just lower yourself out of this. He's like, not, not that anything's wrong with that. <laughs> To each their own. There you go. Exactly. Where was I going with that before we got off track on there? Um, oh, Metz. I've I've asked I've asked Metzger to be on the podcast no less than seven times. What is Metz up to? I didn't even try to contact him for the article. I just I didn't need I didn't need anything from him for that particular piece. Um, he's allegedly in for Krusty Saturday. We're doing Krusty One. and uh, Oh, I saw that. That's yeah. fun. So I got John. I've been talking. I was talking to Bubba. Bubba put me in contact with John Freeman. Um, so then he talked, obviously, Dana Nicholson, Seth, uh, Metzger, Emig, And I think that's it. Um, but So that's a pretty heavy lineup there to watch Krusty One. Seth's not going to get a word in edgewise again. Well, we'll see. He, he didn't want to talk. He had like a party at his house. Yeah. So I'm like, I had to, I had him muted for a bit of it because those dudes were just like, yeah, I got a 92 soft tail and blah, blah. I'm like, what the hell is going on Yeah. in that room? Uh, no, but, you know, it's still, uh, that's probably who everybody wants to ask questions of. At least our fans, because like I said, we're uh, freestyle mainly. But to answer your question easily, Metzger, I've tried and tried and tried to get Metz on. He is the godfather of this. Uh, in the beginning, like he was the most fun to watch. I would say a, a close, I don't know. It's between him and Travis, most influential people in the beginning of freestyle. Obviously, as it went on, Travis became more influential. But if you look at like the first five years, trick-wise, the invention of tricks, I would have to say Metz and Travis invented the most within the first three, four years, for sure. I remember going to the Troy, Ohio National and seeing Metzger through the pro section, you know, doing heel clickers, can double can cans and, you know, He's just tricking out. He's way, way back there in 30th place, but he was, you know, having a good time through the in program. yellow and purple fox gear. Exactly, which is exactly what I wanted because he was on the cover of whatever, and I was like, "That's, I, that's why I got that gear, that helmet." Yeah, yep. even the bike lo- was sick. Yep, number 387, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, we, did, we did a story on him for Moto World in 2002 when they started doing backflips regularly. Uh, and we got a hold of that footage from the dunes where they put the ramp against the dune 
and he slept out there in the desert and woke up really early before the wind started up. God, I wish I still had that footage. Um, and he, he did the, his, his first backflip on the sand dune. Um, that was, yeah, that was so ballsy. Yeah. I remember that cause that was back then it was crazy. You, you might see something somewhere and then it was like, you know, everything was a month delayed cause you'd see it in a magazine. Right. Now it's like you see a thing and then you can Google it or you can hit somebody up, but everything was like a month delayed. That happened with BMX back in the eighties when Bob Harrow and his crew were all, you know, doing tricks on their makeshift ramps that they were rolling into schools and fairgrounds and, and whatever. I, I did a story about the history of the knack knack. Um, when the knack knack turned 25 years old, I did a story about Jeremy McGrath, but I went back into the BMX days and tried to figure out where did this trick come from in the first place? And I got a little bit of heat for calling it kind of a BMX throwaway trick, but it, it, it kind of was because nobody did it for a really long time because they were inventing tricks so quickly that it became uncool to do a knack-knack because everyone had moved on to something else. But literally two guys kind of sort of claimed that they did the first knack-knack, one in California and one in Northern Ireland. But it was because back then you would do these photo shoots that only people there got to see and the photos would come out in the magazine three months later but three months after the actual photos were taken everyone had learned new tricks and moved on to other things and that was like old news by the time that hit the newsstand yeah and so trying to figure out who it was that did the first knack knack in america they called it the knack knack because it's can can spelled backwards in Northern Ireland, they called it the don't don't. Come on. I'm serious. And so these guys did the trick independently of each other, <laughs> and no one really knows who was the first one to do it. You can read the whole story on, on wewentfast.com. Um, it's not the we guys from up. Ireland. I'm just going to say that, tell you that. Probably not. Because what did Ireland invent? Alcoholism? Potatoes? <laughs> uh,. I was going to say something good, and then I forgot. <laughs> Comedy kicked in. I'm trying <laughs> to find that damn article. Uh, damn it. I almost remembered it, and then I forgot it again. Guinness? Somebody wrote Guinness. Oh, that's true. Your brother did. Uh, Guinness definitely tastes better over there than it does here. I've heard that several times. You're going to go to Ireland just to drink the Guinness? I'm going to move to Ireland. I, I went to Ireland Guinness. just to drink the Guinness and take the That's tour. what I'm saying. Nick is going to go now. I'm blown away that I haven't experienced it. Um, well, flights are cheap right now. Yeah. You could get you could get uh, fresh Guinness and Corona at the same time. I got Corona in Ireland. <laughs> I was mildly sick for a a week it was really good uh what's your take on the coronavirus should be this locked down my my take on it yeah do you Let's think that, do you think that we're overreacting right now with all the lockdown or what i mean this is this is above my pay grade but you know they they told us if if nothing happens if the hospitals don't get overrun then we have done our job so it was another one of those damned if you do and screwed if you don't kind of situations you know you don't want anything 
massive to happen in this situation. You know, if you start seeing, you know, dead bodies piling up outside of hospitals, then you know that shit went horribly wrong. But if you don't see that happen, then it then it was like, well, was this was this a complete overreaction then? Because nothing happened. Right. That's the whole point. Nothing's supposed to happen. Wait, but, you're and you're in Baltimore. Yeah, our governor shut things down right away. We were he declared national emergency in early March. But you're from Michigan, right? Right. You talk to anybody in Michigan? Because I heard that's really like shut down. Yeah, yeah. I heard there's like people protesting in Ohio about wanting to open businesses back up. But I say we just wait till like a couple bodies pile up and then we shut it down. That way I mean, we I do, need it. I do wonder at what point do we you have validation. to go out and face this? This this becomes a normal way of life. Well, like next flu. Know. Next flu, are we doing this? No, it's bullshit. Are we going to shut down the next time there's a bad flu and they're like, people are dying from the flu. Are we going to track it person by person? 12 more people in your county died from this flu. Like, think yeah. about if they did it for flu. They had 60,000 people die last year. Imagine if they have reported it on every single. Listen, I'm not saying that it's not dangerous, but I think that you could amp. It's like just like you said, maybe flattening the curve worked. Maybe it wasn't going to kill 5 million people. It's hard to tell. Everybody second guesses. He just coughed. Once Did you, you see that? To, once you get to this point, everybody second guesses. Oh, no. Brett, is everything okay? It's my nose, but to avoid touching my... I got to the microphone. This is getting fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, that's like a bioweapon now. You go into a grocery store and cough on someone on, on purpose, you're, you're going to get uh, terrorist charges against you. Dude. Yeah, a lady gave me like a lady yelled at me because I went the wrong. They had arrows in the grocery store, like which way I should go, and she had the mask on, and I was like, "Well, that's why you got the mask on, lady. You're good." And she was like, "Upset." Didn't find that humorous? No, not at all. I'm like, "Why? Well, yeah, I'm just going. I'm trying to get chips." It's weird going out now. I went to the post office to deliver some packages that people had ordered, you know, from WeWentFast.com, and. <laughs> it was saran wrap all over the, the front yeah, of the oh post office gosh. and all these pieces of tape. And all I wanted to do was just drop off and walk out. But I, I would have to go by all these people. And I didn't want to you know make them upset and break protocol. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit on my porch and wait for the mailman to come and hand everything to him from now on. Well, I just ordered a shirt. So don't right. be holding up on that shit. Appreciate it, man. Thank of course. You. Thanks for being on. Yeah. That's why Clint does this, because then we'll do a show and we'll get drunk and then I start ordering things. It doesn't help it doesn't help me any. <laughs> <laughs> you got him on your show. You're welcome. I can, I can buy show. a couple rolls of toilet paper because of you now, Clint. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unreal. Exactly. What did John say here? Yeah, this is this is tough though, you know. We got kids in the house and Talking to you know, we have neighborhood parties where we sit out in our front yard. I'll have a couple other couples from the neighborhood come over, and we're all like sitting in this giant circle, really far from each other, just so we can have like a little bit of normal interaction. And we'll have a glass of wine or a beer or something. And it's it good. It's, maybe it's going to pull people out of their houses. It has. I've almost hit more people recently than ever driving. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all my neighbors are old. And my neighbors across the street are like, hey, 
we ordered uh, groceries. They sent me too many cucumbers. Come pick these cucumbers up. So we go to their house. We take cucumbers from them. Like, they're the ones. They don't give a fuck. They're the ones who are going to possibly be worse off. We had the kids take the mail to them, right? Because we don't like them walking down the driveway. They take the mail. Next thing you know, our kids go into their house. They invite the kids in, who possible corona carriers. Oh, wow. They come back with a shit ton of candy. I'm like, well... I guess we're good, but if they're fine with it, I'm fine with it. And I'm not worried at all. Every day at work, I'm in I'm fucking like five houses. What do you What do you do? Uh, construction, but we do all the estimating and stuff. Oh, okay. This is definitely gonna kill any chance of me getting life insurance if they follow this podcast at all. So you're still able to do business, like people just let you in their homes and all that. Yeah, yeah, and most a lot of of our customers are older, and they're like. Some people bump elbows. Some people walk up to you and they fucking like want to shake hands because it's, you know, you're, yeah. people, some people are tired of it. I don't give a shit. But some people are like, you know, it shaking hands is like become that you're almost taking a stand type point, which is very weird. But look at his hair. He definitely doesn't have coronavirus. <laughs> you can't have hair like that and be sick. Look how healthy I am. So much vitamin E. <laughs> Clint stayed home and slathering himself in fucking <laughs> zinc hand sanitizer. He's been hoarding. <laughs> no, I'm not like that at all. I uh, dude, he's such a germaphobe. He just does push-ups in hand sanitizer and just licks it. <sighs> that's right. I drop myself. I'm like a chest to hand sanitizer. Otherwise, it's not a full push-up. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Is this a long one we're going on here? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. back with the glasses. Here we go. I'm going to turn into a pumpkin pretty soon. I was going to say, Brett says he needs to go to sleep soon. Well, he didn't say that. He just said he, he gets up early. Probably not tomorrow, no. That's okay. Nice to sleep in once in a while. That's right. Tell the wife you had a podcast, and that's work. That's right. This is going to get you tens of hits on your website. I'm excited. I could use it right about now. <laughs> hey, just be prepared to see the dent in your demographics. It's going to be, you probably won't even be able to handle it. Probably won't well, even you, be able you to You mean see from it. people leaving or coming? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People, coming. people know out of those 12 people that visit your site every day, at least two of them will will have listened to this and then decide not to visit your site every day. The problem with the problem with my site is that I don't, I don't post very often, you know, cause every story is pretty long and I spend months working on it. So it's, you know, I'm not posting every day, not even every week or month. So yeah, my site I've been slacking on hardcore. I just updated it. Hey Nick, find, um, the link that John sent us in the chat and he said that's the uh video of Metz's first flip in the dunes oh i'd love to see that i mean we aired that footage on motorworld so it's got to be somewhere right yeah but not live on the internet you didn't do it so this is the first world's first oh cocksucker it wants me to like select all select all paste it in your notes and then i'll just fucking find it dude he sent it again. 
I don't think it was what he sent. I think it's what I... I'll try. I don't know what you got going on over there. No. All right, remember this. Uh, HTTPS colon Come on. forward slash... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. We're on it. HTTPS forward slash Did you remember colon, that part? Forward slash colon. Do you have the next uh, part, Brett? It's because he put a ha, 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 ha at the end. Yeah. Just write the thing and stop fucking laughing, John. Mets. Uh... <laughs> Somebody else needs to write in the chat room. There you go. I want to see, see my screen. I mean, we could probably find the, the Moto World segment somewhere that, that I did. It's Moto World? Is this it? No, uh, this guy. No, this is not, that's this guy not is Brad. Not is that that's, you? That's is that you? Him. I don't think that's him. That guy looks familiar. Skin Dick Boner. Where are these guys? These guys are from that's California. A, that's Feed Big B. That's Big B and TJ Lavin. There's Matt. Yeah, this is the footage. Oh, gosh, I remember this. I haven't seen this in 18 years. How about this? The first ever second gear flip, Brett, was Metzger at Philadelphia X Games in a rhythm section on an 85-foot dirt hit. That's the first time anyone ever flipped in second gear more than like 45 feet off of a super kicker. And what were they he, doing before that? First gear? First gear, 45 foot super kicker. And uh, Metz is like, I'm going to flip a second gear jump at uh, twice at X Games. And I, because I was doing shows with them the week before. So I, I said to him, I go, are you, sh do you think you can do that? And he turns to me, he goes, I know I can. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's when mentally I was like, oh shit. Like these guys are on another level. Like he is going to do this for sure. So then I watched. Sounds like it, Clint. But when I did my, when I tried flipping, <laughs> you this is the exactly same how I felt. <laughs> it didn't go the same. Uh, I was like, Mets did it. I'm fucking, I'm in my brain. I got this. Well. You're not the Godfather. That's why you're not called the Godfather. I'm just, just you're a called the, boy. You're the overjump father. Overbomb father. Go long, father. Check out the fucking pants, dude. The shorts are awesome. Uh, fast forward us a little bit here. Scroll through there. Let's see what's going on. Is it straight at this big, huge sand dune? Looks straight. <laughs> <laughs> looks you like might it, miss it. Looks like it's straight to this gigantic sand dune that's like 400 <laughs> feet wide. Where was this? Was this Octeo Wells? Um, I don't think Octeo is that sandy, is it? Cased it. Oh, you're looking at it before us. All right. Bro. Oh, he's going short because he knows he's going to rip it. 
he's going short because it's sandy as fuck and he's probably just spinning but he knows like when he's gonna go he's gonna go yeah but when you pull to flip you actually go shorter yeah but we don't know that because we're talking before flips i mean i guess that's true but you're thinking all right i'm gonna rip this thing i'm just wearing a tank top i can't believe that what the fuck is this mad what are you spamming us nick is this your Sorry, other page? Is that your other page? I got fifty bucks for that. <laughs> Flip it already, guy. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this would be me all day, though. All day, I just for the straight jumped it. Steepen it, Jesus. The super kicker. Is it not? Maybe I want it to before. be at 62 degrees. I want it to be at 69 degrees. <laughs> oh, the comedian. <laughs> that's TJ Here, that's Lavin. Board. Oh, moly. He almost flipped it there. He's like, dude, it's perfect. You almost can't not backflip off of it. Oh! I remember seeing pictures of that somewhere online. Oh. And doesn't he, doesn't he, like, oh, my bike's mangled, we're done. Like, uh oh. Yep. That's what the fuck I would say. It's sand. I mean, I just remember, but the bike landed like on its side. That flip, I tried. I oh, know he didn't. Totally bent my clamps. Oh, that he's, is some soft sand too. He's just getting excited and pulling hard. He's pulling super hard, so he's pulling uneven. And that's why he's not like totally committing. That's why he's turning sideways. <coughs> He's like, cool. I landed on my side twice. So what happened was the back thing kept rotating around, and I was thinking the ground was coming sooner than what did. So I just all of a sudden got ready, and then the rear end came out from underneath my feet. You were a little bit sideways. <laughs> that's yeah, because... That's a, that's a they have a microphone in his helmet? No, it's just so quiet out there. Yeah, right there. Watch how slow it is. It looks like slow-mo. Look at that fucking camera. <laughs> I had yeah. something like that. This one I watched you, so I don't know how good it is. Uh, well, let me tell you. When you, get, when you get worried and you don't commit, you always end up kind of looking, cheating and looking over one shoulder. The other thing, when people get super excited and they rip really hard, uh, like basically trying to over pull, you end up pulling like to one side more than the other and not having done enough flips. You don't know to like weight a peg. Basically, if you pull uneven and you start to go sideways or the wind blows you just like wind normally, you can weight a peg and it'll like straighten you back out. But until you get kind of your bearings upside down, you don't know that. But like for me, that stuff just started to happen because I had pulled just like that and landed sideways. 
basically got nervous, pulled to one side, kind of. Don't even know what happened. I did two flips, third one. Went so sideways, I landed 90 on the landing and just slid down. And it was just getting nervous and kind of like looking off to one side. Scary. It was always just Clint and other riders, so he figured it out. How come you got all so loud all of a sudden? Me? He leaned into his mic. I saw it, Ed. Yeah, keep the same distance from your mic, bro. Oh, sorry. I'm getting a little antsy right now. Had a, I've had a bit to drink. Kind. We're not Australian. You can't say that to us. Huh? We can't say. Oh, yeah. Damn. This I is when it goes off the rails. I tell he was American immediately when I said cunt. He's like, no, <laughs> don't do it. Oh, I cunt. We're drinking a couple in the Avo. Sorry, we harass Australians on a regular basis. Oh, uh, it's okay. I'm not Australian. That's I know, good. I know. Americans are whatever to cunt. <laughs> Settle down, Nick. All right, all right. What did I say? <laughs> um. All right. Since we've gotten to this point, what are we at? Two and a half hours here. Holy shit! Well, it was good. It was good talking with you guys. It was good. I hope we didn't scare you off, Brett. No, like no, to no. I'm not easily scared off. Well, okay, good. Next time, you'll know what to expect. We're not going to talk really about anything in any type of format. And if you want to talk about 5G, do you want if you if you need to get something off your chest about 5G, we can talk about that. We can talk about Ricky Carmichael 97. Smell whatever your you want. brain as well as mine. So cool. <laughs> uh, good stuff are you Thanks, I, guys. i'm just gonna chalk it up to you you had too much bourbon and i'm good and you're not appalled with the show i wish i had another one actually well go make you don't want to get into that i'm gonna have some more scotch though all right have you a, guys drink have a good us. one stay safe all right yeah you right, too man. Nick, watch out for the cucumbers. It's a dangerous situation around here. Clint, take it easy, all right? All right. Later, Brett. See you guys. Bye. Adios, man. Thank you. Thank you. We're still on the interwebs. Good, then I won't drink. I'm going to. That's why you poured that drink, isn't it? Yow. That scotch is garbage. See, that was a real journalist. That's what a real journalist thinks about this show. You broke up. You're frozen with a crazy face from your Clint, shot. Why are you frozen? You are frozen. I can still hear you. Are you back? Yep. Now are you back. back is the question. The face you made after you took that shot was frozen. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it looked like. And then you froze because you were like, uh uh, that's what a real journalist thinks about thinks about this show. Well, that's good. I'm glad that they're figuring out that uh, their jobs are garbage and real journalism is on the interwebs now. Just okay? getting drunk. You're in our world now, bros. <laughs> okay, so get with it. This is how it fucking works. Oh, will you, Channel 5 News, show me the weather? No, you're here now. You're on the internet. Get with it. Channel 5 News is now on the internet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So get on our plane 
Start e drinking. Yeah, why doesn't the news guys drink with each other? Dude, if a if a weather dude started drinking in the morning, it would fucking ratings would boom. Boom. Cause I can't deal with people like, oh the news. Fake news, real news, blah blah blah. Whatever. Left, right. It's all garbage. People tell me all the time, oh, we're gonna get four inches of snow on Friday. This Friday. I'm like, we're gonna get four inches of snow, really? If if we get four inches of snow, I'll blow you. There's no way it's happening. <laughs> the news said four inches of snow, so people were like, oh, we're going to get it. And then those are the same people going to the store either wearing a mask or not wearing a mask because whatever station they're watching was was hyping one or the other. It's just stop watching the news. Just live. Be normal. People are weird right now, dude. I agree. They're get like... You hold the door for somebody, they look at you like you're an asshole. If you're not wearing a mask, if you are wearing, like, I'm sure I'm looking at people wearing a mask like they're assholes. They're looking at me like I'm an asshole. The CDC, who you made fun of me for following months ago when I was going through my fucking uh, Instagram shit live, is like, your mask protects them. And it's like, how? Explain that to me. So people now think if you don't have a mask on, not only are you dangerous, you're a threat to everybody. Yeah, you're endangering them. Yeah, fuck them. I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> it's mandatory here. They'll literally yell at no you. No way. Yes, I tried. To, it's, it has been for probably a week. I tried to walk into Walmart and they started screaming at me. I had a bandana in my pocket. Live feed that shit <laughs> of not doing it. Oh, Dude, if they do that to me, I'll fucking do it. I'm not wearing a mask. They can suck my dick. Well, they're not going to suck your dick, and you're not. You're going to wear a mask. I'll wear a condom. <laughs> I don't like condom blowjobs. They're, they're horrible. But a, a dick mask? I'll wear a dick mask, but they can blow me because they're garbage. <clears throat> People around here, I think, are really getting mad because... Like, literally today, a guy, like, walked up, and, like, my dad's like, I don't know if we're shaking hands, because you never know what you're running into. And this guy was, like, came in with the hand. Like, people are doing it, because that's, it's, a, in a weird way, shaking hands has become, like, the, the line that's being drawn. I ran into my friend, I don't, his name is Zoltan. I'm not sure, uh, he's got an accent and everything. I'm not sure exactly what country he's from somewhere eastern european but i seen him the other day and he was like full-on dab yeah. you know i was like whoa 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 bro bro are you bro. woke bro that's the thing like people that's that's where the weird line is going to be drawn it's like whether it's right or wrong i think people will be like are you gonna shake my hand or not shake my hand because i feel like if you shit if you don't shake hands people think you're a pussy and if you do people think there's nothing to worry about i don't know i mean people are definitely dying but i think that we're i think if you i mean we're really getting off the deep end here one yes has there been any carol baskin might have done this i don't know john she could have uh 
Have you heard that there have been no f- reported flu deaths or heart disease or yes. yada yada or this so and that? Deaths are done. If you if you have a heart attack, no, you it's had corona. a you had a corona attack. Yeah. So that's for uh, all right. So you don't watch the Grand Paul report, but if so, in the last four marches, if you if you average those numbers, deaths. For this march are down 15 percent they're down total for every death which it should be all the same deaths car crashes heart attacks plus corona right well no they're labeling everything corona yeah no i've heard that didn't they're labeling everything chink and pox <laughs> which is ridiculous that's a pretty good one and racist as fuck um uh, Danny D. Wayne said, remember that punch bug, punch buggy game? He says, we play that with people with wearing masks. Yes, I like that. Because you're in North Carolina yet, and it's not man. We don't call it punch buggy, though, dude. That's gay. That's what we call it. What? He said punch Are you guys bug. guys Canadians? He said punch bug. I said punch buggy. It's just fucking... Uh, we are closer to Canada. Me? Me? Well, no, New York even like trickles it down harder to you guys. I can't speak for Dan D. Wayne, but that's his deal. Yeah. <clears throat> John Matthew says, I've been told by friends here locally that work in the medical field that any death that currently occurs is labeled as possible coronavirus death until proven otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. So if somebody dies from a fucking heart attack, but they have coronavirus, guess what? It's coronavirus. So yeah. I think we should thank coronavirus for getting rid of heart attacks and uh, flu. Yeah, it's and, actually and getting ev- coronavirus will cure you of a heart attack or heart disease or diabetes. You may still die, but you won't die from heart from a heart attack or diabetes. It will save or your life, actually. That's how government would run numbers. Getting coronavirus will save you from diabetes. And he says it's a number games, so it. Uh, can be overly politicized. That is all. Absolutely. And I've said that. 60,000 deaths. Imagine a year. Imagine if they reported every one, every time it happened, and they were just like, oh, in your county, there's been uh, 157 deaths from the flu. It's such a fucking... At the beginning, I was like, okay, is this fucking wacky? Is this something different? Numbers wise, it's looking like, and and you know what they're going to say is they're going to say, oh, well, everything we did fixed it. But their projections figured in the social distancing and all that bullshit. Their projections figured that in, and it's way over this. You mean way, we're way under, yeah. We're way under. We are way under, but their their projections figured like tens of hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I honestly think, um, and that the, I don't know if I sent the thing to you, but there was a guy from MIT talking about it. But I've been saying, Doctor Shiva. Yeah, exactly. Because Doctor Shiva's a shit. He's on it. Because everybody keeps going. At first, it was just older people, and then some younger people. But then some younger people get it, and then are totally fine. But I've been saying, I'm like, dude, it's something stupid, like some kind of deficiency, like a vitamin or a mineral. And it's Zinc. like finding some kind of like 
hole in people's diets. The other thing that I've seen is where they're like somebody of overweight comedian I know who calls himself that overweight. Funny? That is Oh yeah, actually you did meet him on the thing. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, it's his exactly. thing. That's his whole yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. He knows he's fat. So he posted a video or a, a article where the title is like this woman was is 41 and she uh um works out 5 days a week and she got and it, coronavirus came for me. I I work out all the time. I'm young, I'm healthy and coronavirus came for me. One, she looks like one of those emaciated women that work out like two hours a day, three hours a day, and like don't really eat. Like, so yeah, she works out, but... Yeah, like me, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like wrink- like you, but wrinkly. And in the gym for like... Three- exactly. For like three hours a day. <clears throat> and I'm like, dude, you can for sure overtrain. Like, look at the amount of Epstein Barr in motocross. And it's solely because they overtrain exactly. like a motherfucker. So... Yeah. To say that somebody works out all the time so they shouldn't have gotten coronavirus, maybe they train their dick off and for like a week straight and just crush maybe themselves. Maybe they got a fucking self-image issue. Nope, coronavirus. Nope, coronavirus. Uh, John Matthews says, I'm pretty sure I had this shit in the beginning of November. I'm fine as can be now. That looked like the face you froze up in a while ago. That's what his face looked like. For how long? Two weeks? D. Wayne is still waiting to hear why getting the corona. Most importantly, fuck John. I got to pee real quick. It's, um, I got to pee too. And I should probably go to sleep. It's 11 11. I don't know him, but I want to insult him specifically. Um, D. Wayne, the toilet paper issue is because of, uh, Netflix, uh, Corona and Chili. Instead of Corona and Chill, it was Corona and Chili, and then everybody got the shits from the Chili. I have you a dick for Nick. You were down for a week. <clears throat> well, co- coronavirus is supposed to be like two weeks. From what I've heard, it's a little longer than a normal flu. Nick's like, Nick looks like a young Mr. Burns. We could, uh, we need to get one of those cartoon, cartooner apps and cartoon him right into Mr. Burns. All right. I guess we should sign off the internet because who the fuck cares at this point? All right, people on the internet, we're going if you were in the Zoom chat room, then you could hang out with us, but the rest of y'all are getting clipped. So thanks for listening. I'm glad Brett made it through that. He looked perturbed at the end that we didn't have any serious journalistic type questions, but it's just apparent that he's never watched a show. So we're signing off the internet. Say goodbye to our internet friends. Bye, guys. We still have John and D Wayne in the in the Zoom room. Double D still here? Yep. Yeah. All right. Later everybody.